Blog Talk Radio. We've had the best football picks for a decade, and we ain't stopping now. Live from the IMLD Home Studios, in its 10th season, this is, in much less detail, the podcast, where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. Now your host, Jay Andre. Well, I'm still in a home studio, it's just not my home. I'm uh, here at my wife's uncle's house, so things sound different, and uh, that's the explanation, and hopefully the connection will hold up the whole show. If not, I've got my phone here ready to go. But we are indeed live. This is in much less detail the podcast here with you live on a Saturday night, September the 10th, 2022. I'm Dre. He's Jay. We're ready. We got our picks ready to go for week one in the NFL. The rest of week one, the first big Sunday in the league starts tomorrow after the Thursday night opener. Uh, it's not quite the football party, but it's, it's close enough. It's mostly a, a football party about the rest of the week. <laughs> And looking back on not the rest of uh, the games that happened last weekend, but just on one game that happened Thursday night in Jay, we uh, we got off to a not so great start to uh, to begin the season. But hey, uh, how's your Super Bowl pick looking? Uh, the Bills looked uh, they looked okay. I, I that was not a bad. thorough dismantling. I think that we watched on on Thursday night. You know the uh, the announcers kept saying as it was getting to halftime that. You know, the, the game was tied going to halftime, but it really didn't feel like a tied game. You know, it really didn't feel close. And in the second half, the uh, uh, Bills made sure it wasn't close. And, and the Rams had nothing for them. Uh, wow. Uh, we we kind of looked at the Bills as a team that was missing their top corner. But you know what? You don't need a good secondary with that kind of pressure. Yeah, seven sacks covers up anything you're missing in the second half. Uh, yeah, and and constant pressures, too. I mean, Matthew Stafford was under duress the entire evening, and uh, I, I've decided that I am going to uh, make my services available uh, to the Buffalo Bills, and I, I'm even, I, I am willing to – this is generous. I will take half the league minimum oh. to, be the bill, to be the Bills punter. Because, you know, they cut, they cut Matt Areza. It turns out they didn't need him. No, they well, at least for one game they they didn't need any punter no matter what he was accused of doing or whatever they they yeah. could have had anybody sitting there so yeah that's that's a nice cushy job great work I, I thought so it. you know I mean whatever you know half the league minimum I won't I won't file a grievance with the union nothing yeah. I will stand on the sideline in my jersey with a ball cap on and my hands inside the top of the uniform for the whole game inside my pads because I'm I'm not going to have to move. You're not going to embarrass the league. There's not going to be any no. uh, charges brought no. against you anytime soon. No, no. no rape. Yeah. No rape. Good. No murder. No. No. Uh, well, I don't know about the gambling. Uh, well, you know, you might have to. Yeah, might have to watch gotta, that. I might have to curb some of that. Got to be real careful with that because they will come down on you with the quickness for that. Just ask Alvin Ridley. That's right. That's right. And I will make sure that all of my massages are during joint practice. 
because anything like goes. Sean Watson. That's right. <laughs> you can do uh, yeah, anything I mean, you want. That's hard, you game. know. What was that, the, the second or third biggest beatdown ever given to a Super Bowl champ in their first game? And it's not like the Rams, you know, didn't bring back the majority of their team, but they were missing some of the pieces that they bought them there, right? No Von Miller, no OBJ. They were sort of highlighting that during the broadcast, and I was watching the game. Yeah, I I guess that makes sense because Aaron Donald wasn't getting the penetration that you would normally expect, and Josh Allen was just putting on the master class of getting the ball out of there. Um, Didn't really need – you know, much time, just zip, ball was out. And then on the one play that breaks down, uh, Jalen Ramsey gets completely just toasted so bad that uh, Stephon Diggs could fall over on his way to the end zone and still catch a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that was blown coverage or just uh, Ramsey he ran right by on him. his feet. No, he ran right by him. Looking, yeah, looking the wrong way. Yeah, it was something. I don't think he was expecting that thing to go where it did, or maybe we saw Allen yeah. rolling out, and he, yeah, you don't. Allen's one of those guys who rolls out, and he's got the wheels, and he's got to stop just trucking dudes left and right. This is not going to go well if he keeps doing that. That's one of my concerns. If I have a worry about the Buffalo Bills, it's the running game is putrid. Josh Allen, again, was their leading rusher. Yeah, I mean, and they started out okay. Uh, Devin Singletary was yeah. having some nice runs out there. He looked like he was uh, spry and uh, had some energy going. And, and Moss had a, a couple of decent runs as well. Uh, so it wasn't just complete garbage and then Allen had to take over himself. Basically, it was uh, Ken Dorsey felt comfortable enough, I guess, to call some some RPOs yeah. and some run plays. And a couple of times it was Allen breaking you know, uh, pressure and doing it himself. Right. But, yeah. Uh, he does not back off when he runs. He's not trying to slide. He's not trying to find a soft way to go down. He is looking to bury people. It's one of the things that puts him at the top of the league as uh, probably the best quarterback in football right now. Um, and it's yeah, certainly one of the things that concerns me well going forward. Uh, as I pointed out on our season preview show, that's, this is three years in a row of having your quarterback uh, carry the ball 100 times or more, and right. this is probably going to be, looks like this is going to be four this year. Uh, doesn't look like they're slowing down or changing things anytime soon. Uh, I, I get it because it's such a game-changing weapon uh, that not too many other teams can roll out there. So I understand why you do it, um, and he's young enough to get away with it, but there, it will happen at some point that they have to, to, to curtail that and slow him down just to save himself. It just looks like it's not going to be anytime soon. Right. I, I mean, hey, what's the closest comp to Josh Allen, like physically? Cam Newton? Yeah, that's that's a pretty good one. Just big you know, and physical and, and, and doesn't back off when he runs. He's just right. trying to put you under the ground. Right, because he has the size. I, guarantee, I, I would almost bet they're similar size. They're both fast. Um, Cam used to have the big – we don't remember Cam with the big arm, but Cam used to have the big arm. So yeah. – but you saw what the shelf life was like playing with that sort of reckless abandon and how fast the drop off was for, for cam. You just don't want to see that with, uh, with, it's hard to call him project anymore. I'll just call him that on you know, just because it's what I've called okay. him for so many it's years. Cute. It's, it's, Cause it's cute. 
<laughs> when I think of him, I think project. That's what I do. So I'm, I'm going right. to stick to that, even though he's clearly not uh, a project anymore. Uh, some social media comp, uh, the the one I saw the most out there was like Miami, Ohio, Big Ben when he first got in the league. Um, obviously not, yeah. you know, fat Elvis that, now. The wheels weren't there, though. <laughs> oh, no, it, it wasn't uh, the, the same speed level, that's for sure. But uh, just big and fearless and willing to go out there and, and kill people uh, running the football and not really yeah. backing off at all, which is, which most quarterbacks are looking to slide and avoid contact. And uh, Ben and Cam and uh, Josh Allen certainly do not try to do that. Yeah, but, I mean, you have Josh Allen throwing a stiff arm to a guy, threw him over. He almost beast-moded <laughs> him in the next week. I mean, he, he buried the guy. But think mm-hmm. about this. That's the Threw throwing the hand. All you need is that thing to get hooked in the face oh. mask. Right? Oh. That's all yeah. it takes. That's all it takes. you got to be a little smarter, especially in a game that they pretty much had handled. The Rams never really put up too much of a fight in that game. And, this, wait, uh, and they're going to get Tredavious White back in a few weeks. Right. Uh, what, about what, what about the Rams? What about the Rams side of this? Are you worried at all about the Rams, or do you think this is just they ran into no. a team that was uh, taking out a little bit of aggression? The Bills looked as sharp as you can get on both sides of the football. There's no team that was competing with the Bills yeah. uh, Thursday night. I don't oh, know. Yeah, that's not uh, a week one. That team didn't look like a week one team. That's what the Bills look like when they're motivated. That's what we've yeah. been talking about. When they actually want to play like that, that's what it looks like. That, yeah, that looks exactly like a team uh, that would that everyone picked to win the Super Bowl, including you, uh, because of what they went through last year, the heartbreaking playoff loss, and just building upon heartbreak after heartbreak the last few years and turning it into a, a monster super team that's going to put it all together and win the title this year. That's what – a team looks like that's going to do that. That's what they. That's what you're supposed to do week one if you really are the team of destiny that's building on everything that's happened. So um, we both had that had that wrong. We both thought that the Rams were going to uh, take them down and and defend their you know start their title defense successfully. Um, I pointed out the uh, fact that Sean McVay was five and zero oh in week one with the Rams, and five now he's one. five and one. But, still not nothing to nothing to uh, nothing to be ashamed of. <laughs> yeah, when I look when I study Week One trends next year and look back and see that L and see that streak got lost, uh, I'm going to have to keep this in mind that the, what the L was. It wasn't the Rams necessarily being uh, unprepared, looking like they're not, they, they didn't look bad. I, I know they look bad compared to the Bills. Yeah, but I don't think the Rams look bad at all as a team they just weren't nearly as good as the team they were playing right they looked um, like a team that was out of they played out of class they, they did you're not supposed to look like you're outclassed when you're the defending champs but no. they, they they were outclassed the bills were yeah. the better team on every side of the ball on every facet and uh, project himself uh oh my god <laughs> some of those throws just ridiculous i'm, I'm guessing you were enjoying that Oh. Third round draft pick. <laughs> I enjoyed the thirty-seven point effort uh, for for the ver- very first game of the year. Yes, very wow. much. Uh, looked like an MVP. Um, the one, the first incompletion was off of his receiver's body for an interception. <laughs> yes, it was. That, that was his first incompletion <laughs> of the game, and Mike Tirico immediately said, "Not his fault." And yeah. 
100% correct. It was not his fault. But yeah, he looked like a video game out there. He, that's uh, the, I wrote that in my notes. Uh, it, it looked like Madden. It looked like a guy, you know, on you know 98 on, on Madden, uh, right. making every throw with with zip, with accuracy, uh, with touch when he needed it, but mostly with zip. And it was yeah. right there on the money. And then when he had to run, he was just killing people. Like and the ball plays, and the ball plays yeah. too. A yeah. lot of those short throws, he was also throwing guys open. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, that, yeah, I was, I was, you and I are just texting each other back and forth like this is this is crazy, <laughs> this is ridiculous, you know. It was my my point is that the Rams were not did not look bad. Um, they just looked terrible compared to the Bills. It was it was tied at halftime. You, yeah. you got the miracle field goal to tie it up. But the Rams were, were there. They were hanging back and forth with the Bills. And I was kind of looking and anticipating when the second half started that the Rams would, uh, you know, take the first possession and, and do something with it. And Von Miller said, no, you're, you're doing nothing. And he uh, gets Stafford down and, and beats two different guys uh, to kill one drive. And he um, uh, was basically back there in the backfield the entire evening. Um uh, Greg Brousseau took Stafford down to start the third quarter uh, because they dropped the snap. Like, it's really hard to stop Buffalo when you don't snap or block. Like, that's really difficult to beat a team when you're when you're not going to do that. And yeah. then the uh, the Bills took over from there and, and put the game away. with, a, with a, the, the Bills had a great first half, and then they had a great second half. The Rams had a good enough first half to stay with them, and second half it was just – it was over. There's, there's nothing they could do. I was impressed. I was definitely impressed with with Buffalo, and you know I think the Rams will be okay. Uh, yeah, but yeah, clearly you get the Bills at their best; they're hard to beat. This is this is what we've been saying. This is what the yeah. Bills look like when they're properly motivated, when they're properly focused. They can do this to everybody. The the only the question isn't whether they can. The question is, you know, how many times uh, this year will they play like that? Will they look like that? It right. won't be every we, game. We, talk, we know it won't be all 17. No, we talked about their schedule. It's tough. It is. So, yeah, and some days you just you have an off day or a ball bounces the wrong way or you run into another hot team, you know. But, yeah, I uh, I could not believe uh, what I was seeing for, for – and, and, and for both teams, a fairly crisp game, better than what I expected out of what we always joke around as being now the week four of the preseason. It was not sloppy football. I would venture to say more than half the teams tomorrow are, are not going to look as prepared and good <laughs> as the Rams did. And, they, right. and the Rams still got completely hosed. Yeah. I, I get that. I get that. That was still, that was two good teams. One just, one just completely had the upper hand. And I, yeah. I felt like the, you know, I hate to use one it more in week one, but that was that they were waiting for eight months or seven months to unleash mm-hmm. something like that. Also, if you think about it, the team they're probably thinking they should have been playing in the Super Bowl. Sure. So that yeah, probably good. was the Bills Super Bowl. The only thing better for the Bills than getting the Chiefs in week one was getting the Rams. So was going to the to the to the champs house and looking at the banner getting unfurled and going, You motherfucker, uh, we yeah. we should have had a piece of this. Yeah. But so, hey, yeah. if if this is it and this is their sort of ascension, this is how you start. That's how it's supposed to look. Uh so yeah, we took a, a extra time to break that 
game down and talk about it. We knew we were going to have a lot to say. Um, uh, on your suggestion today that I ex- extended yep. and expanded the show uh, from 60 to 90 minutes because we tend to gas back a little in, in week yep. one and talk a little bit about a team and uh, we're not going to have you know games where we go only 30 seconds on the game because it's not the end of the year. That's when the that's at the end of the year when we got teams that are completely out of playoff contention. Right. We don't have to spend any time on them at all. Uh, also. This, uh, Early in the year, we haven't we, before you know those first few weeks before you start getting to the bye weeks. Uh, we got 15 games to pick. Right, right. No, no buys. That's right. 15 yeah. full games to look at. So we will be doing all of that uh, with uh, plenty of time to spare. I think um, all throughout these years, as we start our 10th year of picking, uh, as I've said before, my probably my biggest fear in doing these shows uh, is thinking that we were going to leave too much time and we never seem to leave too much time. We always uh, spill over and and have uh, much more to talk about. So uh, I I guess we should get over the fear of of scheduling shows for too long because no matter how long we, we always seem to fill up the time. So I'm going to, I'll let Uh, you in on something here. You're (laughs) the only one with that fear. I, I should let that go. I, I, I think I let, I think it, let it go. Ten years, let it go. Yes, yeah, let that one go. You could probably do um, a two-hour show every day, and and not have a worry. <laughs> Just talking about daily stuff. Yeah, no, uh, no commercials, no breaks. We this is all us. Um, we will uh, get to the rest of picks for week one, uh, and we've got plenty of time to get into them. Uh, am I sounding uh, – I know I, I, I can hear yeah, a little bit of an echo in my headphones. Well, it's not um, so much of an echo. You get a little – excuse me. Uh, you get a little crackle once in a while, but it's not a, hmm. not a you know, impeding anything. I hear everything you're saying. A crackle? Yeah. Yeah, like, like it just like it kind of like cracks in the middle of a word or, you know, it's the best like, word okay, I can like, describe it with. Like breaking up? little bit, but not bad. It's a crackle. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not quite sure what that is or how, how to how to fix that or oh. how to take that. Sure. Nothing you can do so, about it. Well, if it's bad enough, I'll, I'll get on the phone, but you're saying it's it's manageable? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, we'll stick with this, and, and hopefully we can uh, keep going. I'm on the Wi-Fi. I cannot get on my wife's uncle's uh, hardwire, his uh, boxes in the laundry room, and there is absolutely no room there for me to sit down and do a, a podcast. So that's completely out of the question. So this is the best that I can do in a spare, bed, bedroom, spare bedroom upstairs, uh, doing yep. the opposite of, uh, of the podcast. I didn't go down to my mom's basement. I don't have a, a basement. Um, I went upstairs to the second floor, and hopefully the Wi-Fi will hang in there for uh, the rest of the evening. So You're that's the start that so we far. are. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll take it. We're, we're off to a decent start tonight. Um, and now we will uh, let everybody know about where you can uh, contact us, email us, and follow us on Twitter uh, for the next couple of minutes, and then we will get to the rest of our pick. You are listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Not on the radio, but only here on the website, blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. To be notified when we're live, 
You can follow the show on the Blog Talk Radio website, or you can follow my Twitter feed, at IMLDDre, when I tweet out when we're live before every show. Jason's on Twitter, too. His feed is at IMLDJTG. Our show is available as a podcast where you can get the live show and a special VIP after show. To listen to the show as a podcast about an hour or so after the live show is over, come back to the show page and go through our archives or subscribe on iTunes or any number of different podcasting apps, including Player.fm, Mixcloud, Blueberry, and the TuneIn Radio app. You'll get the whole show, the live show and the after show, downloaded straight to you. You can always send us a question or comment or shout out via email to the following email address in much less detail at gmail.com. You can follow all of our picks on our blog. The website for the blog is in much less detail.blogspot.com. Our Thursday night picks will be available Thursday afternoon on our Twitter feeds. Again, that's at IMLDDre and at IMLDJTG. This copyrighted broadcast is a production of Jay and Me and is solely performed for our entertainment as well as for any poor soul who happens to be listening. It is intended to be a football pick show for the private, non-commercial use of our audience. Any publication, reproduction, retransmission, or any other use of the descriptions and accounts of this podcast without the express written consent of Jay or me is strictly prohibited. And we mean it. Uh, good timing by you, Jay. I heard you get out as soon as the plug started, and now you're back in right as it is. So you, you got yeah, that I, two minutes down pat. Well, I popped up the mic so I could eat some chips, and then I okay. put the mic back down so you didn't hear me doing a, a Tim. <laughs> in our ears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't sound good during the uh, during the plug. So, you know, I've got this no. microphone that just pops up and down. Yeah. So I just pop it up out of the way. I don't have a button to hit anymore. I just smack that thing out of the way, and I'm muted. All right. All right, we are off and running with week one. Both started off with the L on Thursday. We'll try to uh, to rebound and do better here with the rest of these games. Starting tomorrow with AFC East Action, Patriots, and Dolphins, uh, New England, 10-7 Ten and seven last year, uh, and Miami nine and eight. Uh, not not too many uh, injuries in that one. No injury news uh, to look at, uh, at least not serious ones uh, for that particular game. Just good old fashioned divisional rivalry. Uh, Miami with the uh, offseason moves are the favorites. They are minus three and a half hosting the Patriots. Interesting game. Uh, you know that they start this one off. You know. In, an interesting little in-division game. I, I think we're all going to be on record here now. Uh, most of us, I know you and I are, that they're all playing for second place behind the Bills in that oh, division boy. now, and and probably trying to go on, you know, probably trying to go on a like a mad run, you know, boy howdy towards a, towards yeah toward towards a wild card spot. I mean that's that's what I would assume. Uh, New England historically does not fare well in Miami. <laughs> That's another boy howdy. Uh, this is always seems to be one of the places that, that, that Bill Belichick and Tom Brady back, you know, when it was Brady running the team, they just always seem to find themselves strug- struggling. Um, <laughs> down, boy howdy. Down, 
in Miami, whether it's the the Miami Miracle, you know, the, the Kenyan struggling, struggling. That's right. Um, and we we didn't really speak in in too many glowing terms about the Patriots uh, in our in our preseason. Uh, you know, look, I have the Dolphins finishing second. You had the Patriots, I believe, finishing last in the Oof. division this year. Yeah, just they 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 they've still got a little bit of the magic. They've got a great coach, Hall of Famer, the GOAT coach, but there's just nothing that excites me about the Dolph I mean I'm sorry, about the Patriots at all. It's real I mean I'm not and I'm not doing one of those, you know, watch out where I'm setting you up to then turn around and, and take the Patriots too. Oh. Um yeah, no. I, I think that the Dolphins at home, I think they're I think they're going to be able to hold serve. Are we talking? Were we three in the hook on this one still? Still got a, We got a hook on this, yes. Yeah, the hook. The hook's always a little troubling, when, especially when you're talking about a division game and a quarterback that we don't necessarily trust in in Tua. Uh, don't necessarily trust Mac Jones, but I, I, maybe I trust Mac Jones a little bit more. But I think Miami's just got too many weapons. I'm interested more to see what Miami's defense can do with this game because I don't have a real strong read on what Miami's going to look like defensively, Patriots, their skill position players are just not very good. You know, unless it's going to be 70 degree, I mean, not 70, 70 mile an hour wins and, and the Patriots <laughs> only have to throw it three times. Well, I can't, they, they won a game that way last year. So that's why I'm joking. Um, yeah. I don't think that's going to be the case. So I'm going to take the Dolphins and give the points. Uh, not a not overly confident about this one, so I'm staying far, far, far away from locking this thing up. Uh, Dolphins defense uh, very pedestrian yeah. in the middle last year, uh, 14th to run, 16th against the pass. Uh, but this one, by all accounts, shouldn't be much of a problem for the Dolphins defense. The Patriots offense looks like it's a hot mess early on. Um, and I don't see where they're going to do better to to change that around. Is this asset with a pencil behind his ear going to get better at offense uh, all of a sudden? Can't imagine that's going to happen. Uh, I don't know why Belichick can't beat Miami. He can't beat Tua. Uh, he's never lost to Tua. You saw that on social media all week, famously. Um, and this stat, again, that I uh, look up and, and – saw actually a lot of people referencing the stat on Thursday night about week one performances because Sean McBay being undefeated in week one uh, as the head coach of the Rams going into that game, I actually saw it cited as a reason to like the Rams Thursday, which probably should have tipped us off and, and let us know we're fucked. We're doomed because now people are actually citing a stat that I usually go to. Oh, that's, sure. That's yeah. not a good sign. That's the Harry Carey rule. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so, but going back to that stat for coaches uh, who have a lot of tenure with their teams, Belichick in New England, very pedestrian week one, uh, last five years, three and two straight up uh, and against the spread. And of course it can't seem to beat Miami. Um, and talent wise, it seems like Miami is more, it's more lopsided towards the dolphins right now, more yep. so than ever. I think the dolphins roster got a lot better in the off season. And I don't think the Patriots did. It might've got worse. Um, I don't know if Brian Flores had anything to do with why uh, Tua and Miami can't, uh, couldn't lose to Belichick, but 
Flores isn't there anymore, but one more time in honor of Brian Flores, I'm going to agree with you and take the Dolphins to handle the Patriots. Uh, brand new offense. Um, hopefully Tua in the, in the short passing game will have some success early on. Um, we'll, we'll see how it all works out. But, yeah, I, I definitely have a, a more confidence there than I do uh, in New England. And I, it's not like I love Tua. Um, but right. Right now, you got to look at that side of the ball as a, with a lot more confidence than you do the uh, the Patriots offense. Uh, from there, we'll go with another divisional game: Colts and Texas in uh, AFC South action, if you want to call that action. Quote unquote um, action. Quote unquote action. Uh, Indy uh, nine and eight last year, and Houston four and thirteen. Uh, but, of course, Houston's got my guy, General Mills. Give him a full year, see what how that turns out. Uh, injury news in this one, uh, Darius Leonard, back surgery, not good. He is not going to play for the Colts. Mm. Mm. Uh, yeah, uh, only uh, – uh, I was looking at another stat I had next to the injuries there, but I'll get to that when I make the pick. Um, Colts are big favorites uh, with Matty Ice making his first start for Indy. They are minus seven down in Houston. Yeah, you know, I don't know if it's uh, that your your General Mills fan club, you know, being president of the fan club is starting to seep over my way, but I got a feeling, you know, you've got a, a little bit of a new look offense. You've got a new quarterback. One of the things, you might look at teams with what their record is, you know, uh, in previous week ones, but one of the things I like to look at is continuity. And honestly, that's a lot of change with that Colts team. And things don't always just come together the way you expect. Plus your big get on defense isn't going to be there. So I think that's enough to keep Houston under this number. Um, I, I'm really interested to see what your boy general Mills does. Um, you know, actually getting, the full season I would imagine at quarterback under center for them. If he can put this together and, and, and do something to them, always, always have to worry about what Jonathan Taylor is capable of doing. He could take this game over single handed. Um, nobody is, but nobody last year was more reliable. When you looked at his production week to week to week to week last year, he maybe only had one or two games out of the full schedule that they played last year where he was even held down just a little bit. Um, most So that's got to be the, the, the safe. Like you talked about drafting him in fantasy. Yeah, that's a safe bet. He, he's a safe play that he is going to go out there and he is going to get his and he is going to keep Indy in that. But when your primary method of playing offense is running the ball, that tends to shorten the game and it keeps the scores a little lower. So I think Houston can take advantage of that and uh, either push or get under this number. Yeah, um, my stat that I was looking at goes along with uh, uh, Darius Shaq Leonard. He's calling himself Shaquille now for some unknown reason. I think that's his middle name or something, Um, not being there. um, That helps out General Mills if he's going to have some success, and it also helps that Colts don't pass rush. They don't get after quarterbacks, uh, even with Darius Leonard, and now he's not going to be there. Uh, 18.1% pressure rate last year for the Indianapolis Colts. Worst in the league, only behind the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, you hear me reference the Falcons a lot when I talk about teams that can't rush the pass because they were the oh, yeah. worst. But 
second worst you didn't pressure need to tell rate. Me that it was a stat. That was just obvious. You already knew. Um, but second worst pressure rate in the league. Yeah, it's a it's a nice step for for General Mills to get his feet wet, get out, uh, you know, hit the ground running. Um, and with the uh, Colts and Matty Ice, like, like I said, I'm rooting for Matty Ice, but uh, for for him to hit the ground running um, right off the bat down in Houston with a brand new team, brand new offense after so many years in Atlanta. Um, if, if they do, that's great, but I, I got a feeling along with you. I'm, I'm going to take Houston as well. I'll, I'll take them. I'll say that they'll win straight up just because yeah. um, you know, I, I, it might be a shootout. It might be a situation where they're up and down the field. And uh, I, I don't know if Matty Ice is going to be able to, to, to hang, you know, in a brand new offense uh, with, with, you know, his weapons uh, in, in Indianapolis are, they're all right, but uh, it's not like I think he's really equipped to, uh, have a big firefight with any team. So, right. uh, yeah, I might be uh, General Mills colored uh, with my with my <laughs> fan club and my jersey, but I'm going to go with General Mills uh, to, to start Houston off 1-0. You know, on Matt Ryan, if Jonathan Taylor, you know, gets off, boy, I mean, he is an excellent play-action quarterback. I mean, we, we know what he can do with a even semi-competent running game which he did not have that many times in Atlanta, but when he did, it looked, you know, that's when he could go. And that that's what they were based on, you know, back when it was, you know, Devontae Freeman and those guys. When, when he actually has a, a good running back, and he now he's got the best. So that that's going to be the quarterback's best friend this year. Sure. Uh, but, yeah, we both just got a feeling. We're, we're going to trust the Texans uh, for, for yeah, one week they, anyway. I think the Texans are going to be – I don't think they're going to be good. Uh, I think I called them the fun, bad team in the AFC this year, but they will compete. Well, they they have a chance. Uh, We move on to the Jaguars and the Commanders. Uh, The the football team (laughs) Manders. No, no, I called them the team Manderskins. Ah. Yes, the team Manderskins. I think you can get away with that. I I, I think I can get away with that. I don't think there's a problem with that. Uh, Jacksonville three and fourteen last year, and Washington seven and ten. Jags have a, a regime change and uh, welcome in Doug Peterson as the new coach. Uh, we'll see how all that works out. Washington with a quarterback change, welcoming in Carson Wentz, and that definitely will remain to be seen how that's going to go. Uh, it's like rain in the for- <laughs> it's like rain in the forecast for that one tomorrow. So uh, it was already a contender for ugliest game. Week and then it's going to be raining uh-huh. too, so that that might make it just yeah. a complete uh, game that nobody would want to watch. Uh, commanders are going to start off behind the eight ball. No Chase Young. He's still coming back from his ACL. It's on the pup list, uh, and that will be a, a deal that they have to work through uh, with their defense, uh, which took such a big step back last year, and now is already behind the eight ball to start this year. Uh, Nonetheless, they are favored because the Jaguars are still the Jaguars. So Jacksonville is plus two and a half up in Washington. Uh, well, I'm taking the Jaguars because I've got them to win this game. You know, I, I, I said the Jaguars were going to bounce all the way back and make it to the wild card this year. And, and I think this is a nice soft landing for them. They get to play our favorite quarterback, Carson Wentz, um, <laughs> who I've actually thought about uh, replacing our – banner, you know, our, our logo with, with that shot of Carson Wentz throwing the left-handed pass out of the end zone. Yeah! 
been a few years since we've changed that, you know, because first it was Norwood and then it was it was Russ. But man, <laughs> well, it's, it's not a Super Bowl uh, losing moment with Norwood it, and Russ, but it is a terrible, terrible uh, moment. It, yeah, and there are pictures of it, so I've thought about doing a little Photoshop and and putting that on there. And then my my mom my mom texts me today because she was listening to our season preview show and uh, she was she said that we are brutal on Carson Wentz. So. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's off. He, 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 <laughs> the only thing he's missing from us is a really, really good bad nickname. Um, <laughs> I, I'm intrigued by the Jags this year. I think their defense has is going to look a lot better. I like some of the pieces there. They, they, we talked about this in the season preview. The guy, some of the guys they brought in, some of the draft picks. Josh Allen is there. The other Josh Allen. And, and and I think they're going to get that shored up a little bit. And this is a good test because I don't know how much Washington, uh, you know, how much of a fight they're going to put up. I don't think Washington's a particularly good team this year. I'm not sure that Carson Wentz is a significant upgrade over uh, over Heineke. So if you're going to, you know, get the new coach in there and the new regime and, and Trevor Lawrence is going to, you know, have his weapons again and he's going to have, his running back that got drafted last year, Travis Etienne, who wasn't there at all last year, he'll be there. I'm really intrigued by the Jags this season. I'm picking them. Uh, if you're picking the Jaguars as a playoff team, and yes, if you didn't listen to the season, season preview, you heard that correctly. Jay has the Jacksonville Jaguars as a playoff team this year. That's that's a bold pick by you. Um, and if you have them, you kind of have to pick them to beat Washington in their opener because Washington is not – a very good team. Um, in addition to that, as you mentioned, uh, if the Jacksonville defense is to rebound and get themselves back to where they used to be, uh, playing against Carson Wentz is a nice place to start. So that's a, that's a nice landing spot for them. Um, in a little bit of reverse psychology and perhaps overthinking myself, I think with the rain in the forecast making that a sloppier game, I think what that does is make – the commanders, God, I hate that name, much less likely to force Carson Wentz to throw too much out there tomorrow. I think they're going to play the safe game and uh, stick with the running game and Antonio Gibson and, and try to keep that a low scoring of slug out. Um, and Trevor Lawrence being somebody that should improve just because Urban Meyer isn't there anymore. This is still his first game uh, after that experience. He's playing a team that used to have a pretty good defense and it's definitely not what it used to be, but I'm going to take Washington to win a very ugly, low scoring, uh, rainy, muddy slug out type of game. Uh, just because I think they're a little better equipped to win a, a game like that, but the Jaguars do it and then prove me wrong and make you, uh, look good at the start of the season. Then I, I, I won't be too surprised at that. So it's not like I got a ton of confidence in it. Uh, but I'm going to go with Washington, give the two and a half, and then just hope they don't win by two because that would really uh, make me angry. Oh, yeah. That would be perfect. <laughs> yeah, 16-14. I can already see it. Uh, Saints-Falcons in the, in the NFC South, always uh, an interesting rivalry there. Uh, new faces in, in that particular rivalry as Marcus Mariota gets the start for the Falcons at quarterback. Uh, and Jameis Winston coming back from his ugly ACL last year, uh, back under center for the New Orleans Saints. Um, and can guard Mike. Mike Thomas uh, should finally return from his 
ankle injury has had him out for the better part of two years. Uh, Drake London, the receiver for the Falcons, uh, his knee has got him up in the air. He may not be able to uh, make his debut tomorrow. Uh, Saints were 7-3 and three on the road last year, um, and the Falcons only 1-6 at home. So Saints look like they're in position to uh, make life miserable for Marcus Mariota to start the season tomorrow. They are the big favorites, Saints minus 5.5 on the road at the Falcons. Really interested to see what the Saints' offense looks like now that all of those pieces are are around Jameis Winston and that Jameis Winston is back and he looked good in spells last year. This is going to be a, probably a pretty soft start for them, soft landing for Jameis because, you know, he's probably not going to be under a whole lot of pressure. Atlanta it does have good corners. Uh, A.J. Terrell and you know, Casey Hayward, that they can play out there on the edge, but you cannot cover guys for eight seconds. That's going to be my fear. Yeah, if you know, Jameis Winston's going to be able to just stand back there and scan the field, and I don't think he's going to have any problems picking them apart. Alvin Kamara, he should have no problems either. Uh, you know, he catches a lot of balls out of the backfield. I think that Atlanta's going to be able to score. I know the Saints' defense is going to be really good, and I'm interested to see what Atlanta, this sort of new-look, weird, hybrid offense. They don't really have a running back. They're using a wide receiver back there. Uh, you know, and I, I never remember saying very glowing things when Mike McCarthy tried it with Ty Montgomery. I don't think it's a successful uh, recipe, <laughs> you know, in the NFL. But, hey, it'll help fantasy owners – you know, Cordero Patterson will get his yards on the ground and he will catch balls out of the backfield. And he does seem to have a knack for finding the end zone for that team. As like I said, there'll be fun, bad, but they're going to, it's the bad part that's really going to come out. I think in this game, Atlanta will get a few wins this year. They won't get many. This one ain't one of them. Um, I usually will pick them and say always, hey, it's always a field goal game between them and the saints. One of their games will usually be a field goal game. And I don't think this one's it. So I'm going to take the same uh, tier, give the points. Not not this time, okay? Not this time. Uh, totally different directions for these franchises, I believe. Uh, Saints headed up and the Falcons headed for a big rebuild. Uh, New Orleans D must set the tone, I believe, um, and make sure that Atlanta realizes they're not on the same level. Um, as I was saying in the season preview, it's the New Orleans defense that was the, uh, the the heartbeat of the team. Once Drew Brees started his decline, the the defense kept them around and kept them relevant. Um, and you'd think the same thing. We both think highly of Dennis Allen and the Saints' defense, uh, top three in the in the league in, in the in the conference uh, potentially. Um, they can't let Mariota find a groove. Um, I'm very familiar, of course, with Marcus Mariota from down here in his his days as a top Titans uh, draft pick. And very inconsistent, obviously found himself ran out of town. But uh, when he looked good, um, you know, as with pretty much every other quarterback, it's because he was able to get a, a rhythm, get into a groove. Um, you, you, If you don't have much of a pass rush, you let him sort of find his way. And Marcus Mariota's way relies on uh, on the ground almost as much as through the air. It's him picking up yardage with his legs. Um, and keeping drives alive and finding a, a rhythm that way. Um, he can keep you off balance if you uh, allow him to. So the Saints have to uh, send pressure and, and make sure that he's uncomfortable back there in the pocket and, and 
don't just don't let them get into uh, any kind of rhythm. We we see that in baseball. Some of these pitchers that are not very good, but if you you know swing at bad stuff and just get in a rhythm, and next thing you know, they've gone six innings and haven't allowed anything because you you know let them uh, find find their way and let them get into a rhythm. Um, and I think Mariota is uh, very much the same way. Uh, don't have too many uh, pro football focused stats, but uh, uh, this isn't, isn't a stat really. But they were pointing out on their website that the key matchup in their eyes in this game is uh, Marshawn Lattimore versus Kyle Pitts because of what he did to uh, the rookie tight end last year, uh, pretty much locking him up. Uh, Pitts only had two catches in both of the games uh, against the Saints last year, and it's because Marshawn Lattimore was covering big physical guys and and having a, a battle with them physically and, and, and asserting his will. So uh, unless Pitts found a, a different way to uh, work and get himself open, uh, might be more of the same this year. Uh, I'm going to occur uh, with you and give a five and a half and take the team that is clearly uh, on the uh, ascent as opposed to the Falcons rebuilding. Uh, we will take the Saints. Uh, from there, we will go to uh, it's time for the Baker Mayfield revenge game. It's the Browns and the Panthers down in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, of course, Baker Mayfield making his way to Carolina as the starting quarterback, uh, take on his former team, the Cleveland Browns, and Jack Brisket, Jacoby Brissett, and a quarterback for the uh, suspended Deshaun Watson. So lots of storylines, lots of intrigue uh, in that particular game. Uh, Browns are eight and nine last year. Carolina was five and twelve. Um, Mr. Inconsistency, Mr. Uh, injury. Christian McCaffrey also makes his way back to the field uh, for the Panthers. We'll see how long he stays out there. Uh, very slim margin for this point spread. Cleveland is a one-point underdog at Carolina. I think that the Panthers are a more reliable cover when Christian McCaffrey's on the field. I think they proved that last year. They started 3-0 and last year, and they looked pretty good. And then, you know, Christian McCaffrey gets banged up. Sam Darnold starts basically crapping the bed left and right. Uh, I think it was a game against the Eagles. He just decided to just throw crazy picks up and down the field and, you know, no running game. So I think the healthy Panthers going up against the Browns, where I still worry about, you know, we we're not going to, all we're going to talk about is, is Jacoby Brissett and what's that offense going to look like, but they still have a top-tier defense. So it'll be interesting to see how that defense handles Baker. I'm sure they saw him in practice a lot and, and seeing what Baker can do against them, but I, I do think that Baker gets his revenge. This isn't a big line, so it just needs to be a slim amount of revenge. I think this game's going to be really close. I think that Cleveland defense is going to keep them in the game. I, I, I am with you. Love the under. <laughs> Pound yes. those Browns unders. Uh, but this one, yeah, this one's definitely got that kind of 17-13, 17-14 kind of vibe to it. And I've got the Panthers, you know, who knows, maybe just last-second field goal, you know, or late defensive stop, just something to keep them in the win column in this game and, and give Baker and keep the storyline and give him his little measure of revenge. <laughs> uh, will Baker wake up feeling dangerous or will he get the danger taken to him? It was a strange deal with the reporter saying that uh, Baker said he was wanting to kick their ass uh, and Baker's like, no, I didn't. I didn't say that. Uh, that was probably Baker. <laughs> 
talking yeah. out of his ass and then realizing, uh-oh, that's Miles Ninja Devi and Clowney and, and, yeah. and all those guys. Would have, maybe I need to tone it down yeah. instead of that's, trying to ramp it up. Don't don't give them don't give them uh, billboard material. Don't poke the bear. That is not a, a good idea. But that's his nature. He can't help it. He's Baker Mayfield. He's gonna he's gonna shoot his mouth off whenever he gets a chance. He never met a microphone he didn't like. He's the CM Punk of the NFL. Oh my goodness, that guy. Uh, you know, Miles Garrett is going to try to to smush and smash Baker and and make his revenge game a, a complete nightmare. Uh, so this one, I was wondering, I had to go back and look at the numbers and see uh, how just how we know how bad uh, the Cleveland Browns kill other quarterbacks. We know how great they are at rushing the passer. I was considering taking Baker uh, to get his revenge if the Panthers last year uh, showed any uh, kind of ability to protect their quarterbacks. And, nope, Panthers coughed up the fifth most sacks last year oh. at 52 as a team. And so, therefore, I will take uh, Miles and the boys to uh, to smash Baker and make that revenge a nightmare, and I will take the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I, I can't fault you for that pick. This, I mean, this is basically a pick 'em game. I'm not. I wouldn't be stunned with either side of this outcome. But yes, yeah, smash that under. Uh, Eagles and Lions should be uh, compelling. Uh, the Lions always finding a way to stay competitive last year, and the Eagles with all of their changes and welcoming A.J. Brown uh, into the lineup. Uh, Philadelphia, 9-8 and eight last year, 6-3 and three on the road. Uh, that's, a, that's a pretty big percentage of road wins. I think that's sort of Jalen Hurts and, and trying to deal with that Philly crowd and trying to find his way and his inconsistencies. I think he found it a lot easier on the road than he did at home, so we'll see if that trend continues. Uh, Lions, of course, 3-13-1 and at home straight up, but all three of their wins last year were at home, and, of course, they did cover more spreads uh, than than not. Uh, Eagles are being loved. They are getting the, uh, the, the big favor, and they are giving a lot of points again. So will you, once again, look at that and say, hey, Angle biters, Troy Lions got some love for you with the points. Philly is minus six up in Motown. That's kind of a big number. Uh, I think if you know, I don't know how much they look at this, but these two teams met last year on Halloween, and we can talk about the ankle biters and the grit and the grind and every, Yeah, the Eagles won that game forty-four to six. <laughs> yeah, and they they ran for two hundred and thirty-six yards against. <laughs> the Lions. So is the Lions defense going to, you know, you don't, honestly, you don't have to hold them to under a hundred, but you got to at least cut that number down in half. You cannot let the Eagles run for 236 yards in a 44 to six game. They only threw for 114 yards. The key to beating the Eagles is make Jalen hurts throw. He's not a good thrower of the football. So, you know, or at least from what we've seen, who knows? Maybe he's gotten better. We don't know. That's why it's week one, right? But that's he's a one-dimensional quarterback until I am proven otherwise. So if the Lions can cut down on some of that rushing performance, and you know, I think they're going to be excited. It's their home opener. I'm going to take the number. I'm going to take the Lions. I think they can bite some ankles. I think they're probably still going to lose. Um, but they've, they found some weird and wacky ways to cover games last year. You know, I, 
a garbage time touchdown, and any way they want to try to get under this number, I think they can do it. They, 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 this is, you know, I was at a part of the season last year when they played before they really, you know, started. They, they actually started going and picking up some wins. They they became a really good cover late, um, I think, more than anything. So uh, they got to do better than they did last time they played the Eagles because they won pretty. Yeah, that, that was ugly. But as far as I'm concerned, I, I got no idea what you're getting out of either quarterback. Yeah. Um, Jared Goff, you never know what you're getting. And Jalen Hurts, you, I don't know what you're getting because I don't know if adding A.J. Brown is going to be instantly uh, a better thing or if he's going to try to start forcing things, thinking, oh, I got to throw, I got A.J. Brown now. Um, yeah, you already sort of covered it and, and said it. Uh, to beat the Eagles, you got to make Jalen Hurts throw uh, more than, than than they run the ball, and they clearly didn't do that in that meeting last year. Uh, but that's why you go out and get an Aiden Hutchinson in the draft, because you're trying to improve that pass rush, and you're trying to make things uh, harder on the opposition. Uh, fill a need. Uh, that definitely was a need for the Lions, and they were able to fill it with the number two pick. Uh, who shouldn't have been available because the Jaguars should have taken him number one, but we'll, uh, that, that will all be proven out as uh, as time goes on. Um, I think it's a very even matchup because of the uh, quarterbacks and, and their inconsistencies. So I, I think rookie pressure will decide it. It feels like you got your, your, your red stripe guy uh, on Philadelphia uh, trying to make a difference for the Eagles who don't have a good pass rush. And then you got Aiden Hutchinson on the other side. And I think Aiden Hutchinson is going to win it. It feels like a game where he gets the late sack and uh, wins yeah. the game, maybe third fumble, something like that. So I'm going to take the points as well. And I actually think the Lions uh, could win that game uh, because the Eagles are – there's a lot of moving parts there with the, with the new uh, added pieces and, and trying to make it all integrate. And, and uh, there's also a lot of – social media talking about Jalen Hurts is looking better and is, is throwing stronger and uh, got sort of that best shape of his life type feel uh, mm. to some of that coverage where, you know, you kind of raise your eyebrow and go, oh, really? Okay, well. Are we'll they going to post and say, I mean, is anybody going to post it and say it looks like ass? This guy looks like he's in the worst shape of his life. He looks terrible. He yeah. looks like John Daly out there trying to play football. No, I haven't seen anything like that. Okay. Just, oh. just curious. Yeah. But, a little, little propaganda, yeah, well, you think? Yeah, a little bit. You know, those those, those beat writers, they got to, you know, get that access. You know, you got to butter up, butter, butter the bread sometimes and make it sound a little better than it is. So uh, I think the Lions will test that out tomorrow. And uh, like I said, just got a feeling. Got a, got a feeling uh, eight nudges for the Lions. Uh, here's another ugly potential matchup, San Francisco and Chicago. Uh, with rain in the forecast for that one on already the worst fucking turf in the league. Um, And with two quarterbacks trying to run around and slide around in that, neither one of them proven uh, at the NFL level. So that's got all, this has got all the makings. I don't know what to expect. This could be well under and it could be way over. They might just uh, make so many moves out there that the defense goes sliding and keep up with them. I don't know. I I don't know either way uh, how this one is going to shake down. Uh, but San Fran and Chicago will get it on in Soldier Field. Uh, Trey Lance versus Justin Fields. Trey Lance, he's the man now. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is uh, on the bench, and Trey Lance will make the move and be the starter, whether that's the right move or not, remains to be seen. My 
starting uh, fantasy tight end George Kittle uh, hurt his groin in practice on Monday, so he looks like uh, there's a chance he's not going to play tomorrow. Is you know rainy and sloppy. I, I probably wouldn't if I were the Niners. There's no reason to uh, to force them to play in this one. It's week one. It's not like you're trying to clinch a top spot or something. Just you know, I, I would I would expect him to not play uh, in that particular game. Niners are ten and seven last year. Chicago six and eleven. New regime there. Matt Eberflus, the new head coach, um, and all the turnover there in Chicago. Uh, Trey Lance being unproven hasn't stopped the betters. They are killing it and taking the Niners and giving all the points. San Fran is minus seven tomorrow at Chicago. Well, the Bears jettisoned pretty much most of their attractive pieces on defense, so that that should be enticing if you are. A, a 49er fan and you know you're looking at that offense or, but you know there's going to be weather uh this isn't a matchup we see in in soldier field uh very often god i i, I hearken back to that kaepernick game where they benched him in the fourth quarter <laughs> uh, I, I think about games like that when the niners show up in chicago and the weather is bad and again you get, you're going to have some energy with the crowd this might be this could be the super bowl <laughs> because the next week they get to go up to lambo so this could be uh, this could be the Bears swan song already in week one. I'm taking the points. I think this. I love the under here. I think this is going to be a sloppy game. It's going to be ugly. Weird stuff kind of happens when the weather gets gets weird. Um, it's going to be messy. So I don't like the Bears at all this year. I actually, I honestly don't think they're going to win. Um, but I don't really see San Francisco going in there and just throttling them. I, I don't see that. So I'll take the points. I don't love this at all, but I'll, I'm, I'm going with the, uh, the underdog bears. <laughs> yeah. I know uh, the bears have a lot of really good defenders, but I think that's still a solid defense. It's not great, but um, Trey Lance can struggle against decent defenses. As we have seen, uh, you've been very, Unimpressed with him, the little bit of action that he has uh, received. Um, your your quarterback guys uh, have not been impressed, um, so he could he could struggle out there. Uh, got the pressure of his first start as the man. Uh, it's on the road. Uh, like you said, the Bears fans are probably going to be really into it because there's a, a chance that they could uh, steal a win against a team that is a little bit in, in transition uh, and. On top of that, uh, back to my stat of veteran coaches in week one, Kyle Shanahan has not done a good job of getting his guys ready for week one, uh, two and three straight up uh, the last five week ones, and one and four against the spread. And that was when he had quarterback stability, and I don't think this is stable right now with Trey Lance. It still feels like a move that they made because they think it was time to make it, not necessarily because they felt like Trey Lance was the better option at quarterback. Jimmy G did all he could to you know, get him to a Super Bowl, um, tried like hell, um, and wound up losing the job anyway. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to take the points as well and, and go with Chicago. This may be uh, one of the few games that they can eke out a, a win and sneak it out straight up. Uh, but even if they don't, I think uh, Trey Lance and giving seven the way he is, what what he's shown so far in the NFL, I, I think that's way too much uh, 
I guess, praise for Kyle Shanahan and his abilities uh, to make plays. And I, of course, appreciate what Shanahan can do. And, and you know, if they go crazy again and, and have a bunch of chunk plays and big yardage and Debo Samuel is a, is a beast, um, I, I won't necessarily be surprised. But it feels like a, a game that Chicago can sort of start off their new regime uh, in, a, in a positive way because the Niners seem to be a little in, uh, in flux right now. This will be Trey Lance's second start, third start. It's not many. Right. So I'm treating him mentally like a rookie quarterback. There'll yeah, be, he's got there'll, done some snaps, but not many. Yeah. But we, we might see we might see some YOLO balls, right? We we might we might see some fifty fifty balls. We might see some balls thrown right into the gut of some Bears defenders. Who you know, I, that's what I expect out of a quarterback who, from what I've seen, has looked inconsistent. And you got to get those games. I guess you got to get the growing pains. Uh, yeah, get the experience uh, for them to get where they want to get. Mm-hmm. They're not going seventeen and zero. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I would very much uh, love to short that, although that's probably minus 100,000 or something like that. Yeah, and I love this under, too. This should be a week of unders. Uh, On to the Steelers and the Bengals. Uh, Again, new regimes. Uh, That's the end of the Big Ben era in Pittsburgh. So uh, they start off the new uh, era there with Mitch Trubisky, and they started off going to Cincinnati. Uh, where they got destroyed two times last year with Big Ben. Yeah. Um, and the, so the Bengals, of course, uh, should feel good uh, coming off of the season that they had. Uh, They're both playoff teams, though. Big Ben and all those comebacks, Pittsburgh 9-7-1, and Cincinnati 10-7. and But, of course, the Bengals went a lot farther uh, in the playoffs than the Steelers did. Uh, Bengals, of course, the favorite here, Pittsburgh plus 6.5 at Cincinnati. Wow, yeah, and uh, Cincinnati sweeps Pittsburgh last year pretty easily both times. Um, runs the ball extremely effectively. Joe Mixon just went off in that uh, second matchup last year. Uh, that would have been Thanksgiving weekend. And then, you know, it, yeah, they blew him out by 31 and then uh, two-touchdown win earlier in the season. The way the Steelers usually go with Cincinnati, um, that the Pittsburgh, Mike Tomlin, that's a very proud team. There's a lot of changes on that team. And I'm actually going to take the Steelers and the points. I don't know if the Steelers are going to win this game. Um, I'm not, I don't hate the move to Trubisky. Um, you, like you said, he's probably not going to lead seven game-winning drives or comeback wins, but I think he's going to give them a little added dimension uh, that Ben Roethlisberger never really had. Mitch Trubisky is quite a mobile guy. He can move around a little bit, which might help because the running attack of the Steelers has been fairly anemic the last few years. I don't think they've gotten what they wanted out of Najee Harris. So maybe having an added dimension of a quarterback who can move the pocket and move around a little bit and give you that little extra. Maybe you got to keep another guy watching him. got to spy him some. And they still have good receivers. And the Bengals, you're at home, and you're the Super Bowl loser, and do they have the Super Bowl hangover, right? I mean, does T.J. Watt get in there and, and wreck Joe Burrow because that new, uh, you know, slapped together, high-priced offensive line hasn't quite come together yet because this is basically, like I said, 
it's the fourth game of preseason. So if, if there's a team that's going to get had, it's going to happen now. I'm taking the Steelers and the points. Okay. I uh, had a hard time going in that direction just, just because of, the, of last year, just those two games. Like, yeah. we should they, have known that they the, the Bengals were on the – the Bengals are on the verge of, of doing some serious business because they took both of the, those games against the Steelers and just slapped them silly and sort of made a, a in-season statement of we're here now. We're we're not the, the team that you have been slapping around and uh, kicking like the little brother all these years. They rose up and, and did the big brother thing to, uh, to Pittsburgh. Uh, what does it say about how bad Ben was if Mitch makes this offense more explosive? That's kind of scary to think about. Like the, if Mitchell Trubisky actually unlocks Chase Claypool and uh, gets a lot more production out of the offense and maybe opens things up for Najee Harris to have some more running room than he did. Uh, how does that make Big Ben look as, as static as that offense was? Like he had those comebacks because he wasn't doing anything the first three quarters of those games. Um, so certainly one of the mysteries tomorrow uh, as far as new places, new faces and new places and uh, regime change. Uh, yeah, Burrow just kicked Pittsburgh's ass twice last year. I, I don't really see a reason why he wouldn't kick their ass again. Uh, Mike Tomlin does not get his teams uh, prepared very well in week one, uh, two, two, uh, and one. There was a push uh, yeah. or tie, I should say. Uh, they're straight up uh, in the last five years and only one in four against the spread the last five years in week ones. Um, so I'm going to take the Bengals and I'm going to give the, uh, the, the six and a half. Uh, if they win by a touchdown, that's a cover. So that would be a cheap one. Uh, but I can, I can see them winning by a couple of scores. Uh, yeah. I think it's a tough place for, for Mitch to start off in his very first game uh, on the road against the Bengals team that uh, clearly looks at Pittsburgh as, you know, we got to conquer you and, and make a statement uh, when we see you. And I think the Bengals will make another statement tomorrow. Uh, on to the Ravens and the Jets. Uh, we've been uh, previewing and talking about this one for like, it feels like a month because of <laughs> how much we've been talking about the Ravens and what they do in yeah. week one and the Jets and uh, all the things that they've been going through. And Zach Wilson is not going to be able to play. So Joe Flacco, the 37-year-old, is the uh, starting quarterback for the Jets. Uh, both teams have left tackle issues. Uh, Ronnie Stanley's not going to play for the Ravens, and Dwayne Brown is not going to play for the Jets. With a bad shoulder, he had to go on the injured reserve. And for that one, it makes me go, which team and which quarterback is better prepared to overcome the loss of their blindside uh, left tackle? Uh, would it be Lamar Jackson or would it be Joe Flacco? And I think that shows you exactly which way you should go in this one. Uh, all the more minus six and a half on the road at the Jets. Can there be, we never really talk about this early in the season. Can there be value picks in week one? Because I've honestly got the sense that if the Ravens were the Ravens last year, there'd right. be a one in front of that six. <laughs> this wouldn't be six and a half. This would be 16 and a half. Uh, I, I gave it away somewhat on the preview show, but I'm kind of got to lock this up. H how can I not? What the Ravens are, they're, they're one of the best coached teams in football. They've, they're getting a ton of players back. Lamar Jackson is healthy and he's 
playing himself for a contract. He's betting on himself. This is going to be the Lamar Jackson show tomorrow. I expect him to go completely insane. I don't want to, I don't want anything to do with the Jets trying to go up against that Ravens defense getting most of its pieces. Pretty much everybody's back. Uh, maybe not Marcus Peters, but I don't think that's any great loss. Because Marcus Peters is just one of these feast or famine corners anyways, right? It's either a pick six or he's getting toasted. So that probably helps the Ravens not having him out there. Um, I'm not taking Joe Flacco to lead this team to keep this thing competitive at all. I think this is a cover probably by the end of by, – by halftime, this is probably a cover. I think this is blowout territory. Ravens squish. No Joe Flacco revenge game against his old team, the team he won a ring with? Uh, yeah, man, nice try, though. Uh, we've been saying the same thing for uh, a while now, um, and there's no difference for me coming out of my mouth. Uh, if the Ravens get popped by Joe Flacco, they got uh, serious bounce-back issues. Everything is up in the air uh, if that happens because I've got them bouncing all the way back and, and going all the way and, and, and taking the title. So obviously I think uh, I agree with the whole value thing that um, – if the Ravens were really the Ravens uh, instead of what happened last year, then they would be a, a much bigger favorite against uh, a 37-year-old quarterback than they are. Um, I definitely concur with that. Of course, I've been talking about what uh, John Harbaugh does in week ones. Um, he's one of the best, uh, if not the best, uh, week one head coach out there, getting his, his players prepared. Um and I want to see, um, and of course I'm blocking him up too. I, I think we both gave you that away like last show, um, obviously. But we can't block him again next week, and we can't go against the Jets. That's our, our right. new rule. Um, we're going to have diversity in our in our locks, and we're going to make sure we don't lock the same team two weeks in a row or go against the same team two weeks in a row going forward. Um, I want to see, um, and maybe this is veering off a little bit into fantasy. Um, there's a lot of buzz in the preseason about the second tight end uh, for the Ravens. Isaiah likely. So I want to see if likely, they yep. run a lot of two tight end sets and, and give Lamar sort of a double barrel action with, you know, Hollywood Brown out of town. The deep threat is no longer there, um, but he wasn't utilizing the deep well uh, anyway, because he's not that accurate deep uh, at all. So I want to see if they're going to just basically go to the old uh, Patriots deal um, and, and give him the old uh, uh, Aaron Hernandez and Gronk one-two yep. right down the seam, and, and hey, if you want to cover one of them, that's great. But the other one's going to be running free, and if you want to try to cover them both, that'll free up our receivers to do whatever they want to do. So, um, like I was saying on the on the season preview, Greg Roman, uh, his ass is on the line about as much as Lamar, as far as I'm concerned, to make something out of this offense. They've had several years now to, to make it yeah. do what it's supposed to do. And uh, they, they got to figure it out. So I'm, I'm betting on them to do it this year. And we're both uh, betting on them big to beat up the, the, the jets tomorrow. Yeah. I can remember us having some lengthy discussions on this show about like, explain to me the Ravens offensive, you know, strategy. And, right. Uh, what's their philosophy? Uh, um, yeah. What, what, what are they? Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Panic and let Lamar run crazy. That's basically. Oh what my God! But yeah, they should they should destroy the Jets tomorrow. But if they don't, hey, that's so Ravens. <laughs> oh man, I hope I don't have to play that. Um, but it might. Happen. 
All right. Uh, Giants versus Titans. I believe that starts our late afternoon action. Um, Danny Dimes and the Giants, 4-13 and 13 last year. Titans 12-5 and five and number one seed in the AFC. And then Brian Tannehill throws three INTs, and that's about the end of that. Um, as I was saying uh, last show, they had a pass rush that they developed with Harold Landry. He tore his ACL in training camp, and he's out for the year. Uh, the other big pass rusher on the Giants, uh, the rookie, Kayvon Thibodeau, he's not going to play. He's got an MCL injury, so both teams missing uh, some pressure guys uh, in this one. Um, Titans, of course, should be favored coming off the season they had. Uh, Giants yep. are plus five and a half down in Nashville. You know, there aren't too many times this season I'm going to be compelled to take the Titans as this big of a favorite at home or on the road or ever. Um, I'm so done with this team, but I'm doing it here. I'm, I'm going to give the points with the Titans. I don't particularly like the Giants. I think their coach is probably a dead man walking. I think their quarterback is a dead man walking. He's not going to, he, They didn't extend his rookie deal. Ryan Tannehill. A lot yeah, of dead people. Yeah, he's a bum. We know he's a bum. We know who he is. He is who he thought he is, but he's getting back at Derrick Henry at full strength. They'll be able to run the play action. You know, we'll see if their top draft pick can get any movement or if they can get anything out of that passing game. But I think it's going to be the Derrick Henry show. The defense usually just shows up and kind of does just enough. I don't think it's going to be much past that number. I don't think they blow them out. I don't know if the Titans are going to blow anybody out this year. Yeah, I don't know if they're capable of that. Yeah, I don't think that, that they've got it in them this year. I think they're going to be – we always talk about the winning ugly Titans. <laughs> yeah. This might not be any different this season, but they do have a good coach. Mike Vrabel is a good coach. I'm not going to crap on him. Uh, but, yeah, maybe they win by seven or eight. I, I think it's going to be a little close, but over the number. So I'll take the Titans at home. What uh, – I've crapped on Hill and talked terrible about him. I'm, I'm – you know, everyone knows how I feel about that. Uh, the, the Tanny show has, has been canceled many times as far as I'm concerned, and, and yet he keeps still getting chances. Uh, I think they got to make that move to Malik Willis at some point in the season, but that's definitely uh, a ways off. Uh, you know, they're not going to do that anytime, anytime soon, clearly. I'm actually going to look at the other side of the ball. Uh, Danny Dimes can run around a little versus that Tennessee front seven, which, uh, again, always struggles to get pressure on people. Um, and Brian Dable, may I be blasphemous and say that Dable might see him as sort of a mini project and sort of use him that way and see if you can get that mobility and get some physicality. I, I don't know if he has any physicality to give, but, um, yeah, I think there's, you know, you bring in Dable for his creativity. You see what he did with Project and uh, and turning him into what he is, and uh, you hope some of that magic dust rubs off on 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 Danny Dimes. And you know, I'll I'll take the points. I'll take the Giants to, to cover the number. Um, I, I don't know uh, what Derrick Henry is is going to be up to uh, in his first game uh, in several months. Uh, he you know he didn't have just the off season. He was out for the season uh, before the regular season ended. He, he missed a lot of ta- a lot of action late last year. Uh, and and when he uh, I believe he tried to come back for the playoff game didn't look did. like himself at all. So yeah, um, he, he you know I, I I root for him. I'm a fan of Henry. I hope he comes out and runs for a buck fifty. But I don't think he's going to. I, I think he's still going to be 
working to rust off. And uh, I'm going to actually take the, the Giants and the points. Uh, yeah, the Titans, one of the shakier number one seeds you can you can think of. I, I definitely got a lot of questions about them. Uh, obviously, I've expressed my questions about the number one seed in the NFC from last year, the Packers, and I uh, picked both of them to lose their first playoff games, and they did. And so clearly I've got questions about them, but yeah, I don't, I don't trust the Titans either. Really. Uh, speaking of those Packers, uh, Green Bay and Minnesota had a barn burner last year in Minnesota uh, that the Vikings uh, came out on top. Um, and that was with Devonte Adams there for the Packers. Uh, Vikings were not able to contend in the, in the match uh, in Lambeau because Kirk Cousins got the goop. I had forgotten why he wasn't in that game and uh, he got the goop and, and missed that one, unfortunately for them. Uh, but week one, Cousins is healthy, Rogers is healthy, everybody's ready to go. Um, and the start of the uh, the new era in Green Bay without Devontae Adams. And also, Alan Lazar got his ankle stepped on, and he's doubtful to play. So even less uh, weaponry for uh, Aaron Rodgers in this one, um, although he's going to get his left tackle, David Bakhtiari, back, uh, it looks like, uh, trying to come back from his knee injury. Uh, Green Bay 13-4 and four last year, and then out in the first playoff game. Vikings eight and nine regime change turnover. Kevin O'Connell now the man in Minnesota. Uh, Green Bay still getting the love. They are a one point favorite on the road at the Vikings. Yeah, all the talk with the change of coach for the Vikings was that they were going to try to you know they got Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. They, they've got a good tight end. They draft was Irv Smith. They did all. Oh, that's all. They're going to unleash Kirk Cousins. That's not the strategy they're going to need in this game because you know when I look at Green Bay. If Green Bay does have, even though I think they have a, an elite defense, and that will be proven out as the season goes on, that they have an excellent defense, Green Bay, I mean, most teams are. This isn't a knock on them, but extremely susceptible to top-tier running backs. I looked at the Packers' schedule. They don't play many games this year where they are going to be playing those sort of elite running backs, but Dalvin Cook, to me, falls into that category. I think that the Vikings' game plan needs to look like last year's game plan. It needs to be a whole lot of Dalvin Cook, get Kirk Cousins going in the play action, open things up. I, even though I've got the Packers, I've got them losing the Super Bowl this year. I think they're going to win the division. They're going to go on. You've got the Vikings winning the division this year, which is really going to be interesting as the season progresses to see how we come out on that side of it. I still think the Packers are going to be able to move the ball. They're going to be able to score. The Vikings secondary is really bad. I think you're going to see a whole lot of two-back sets. I think you will see Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon in the backfield at the same time. I think, you know, Matt LaFleur is going to have to get more creative. He's going to have to scheme a lot more. And it's not just going to be Aaron Rodgers standing back there looking for Devontae Adams. I think you're going to see a little bit more movement. I think you're going to see a whole lot more manipulation with the running backs and the tight end. And it, it might not all look pretty, but the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, he's extremely accurate. He's still going to be able to move the football down the field, get them points. But I'm taking the Vikings in this one. Uh, I, that was a little bit of a swerve as much you're going on about how much you believe in the Packers and scheming yep. up and all that. Uh, but then you go with the Vikings. Okay. Yeah. I'm not going to surprise anybody. I I can't imagine Aaron Rodgers coming right out in week one. No Devontae Adams, no Alan Lazar, all these kids. Uh, some of those kids didn't even play uh, in the preseason because they were banged up and, uh, just automatically turn it on and, and use, you know, Randall Cobb and guys and uh, just have a shootout with the Vikings and come out on top. I, no, no, I, I don't, I don't see that happening at all. I'm sorry. I just don't. Um, 
Now, I will say, you know, Justin Jefferson versus Jair Alexander, PFL says that's the must-see matchup, and, and I'm certainly looking forward to that. But if Kevin O'Connell's scheme and, and more three-wide sets, uh, if that is indeed what they run, then you probably won't see Jair Alexander versus Justin Jefferson too much uh, because they're going to have to spread out the defense and run a lot of nickel and dime and uh, try to just cover you know all the guys that they possibly can. They can't concentrate on just one-on-one because at that point Adam Thielen is freed up to do whatever he wants and uh, whoever else, uh, their, their third receiver, I think K.J. Osborne um, and, and the Titans, uh, and this you know the, the 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 offense working right away in in game one. Uh, it, it's it's not like I'll, I'll I'll admit it's not likely. It's not like it's just going to be magical and, and come together. But I, I have more confidence in that happening than in Aaron Rodgers and all these kids uh, magically coming together on the road in their first game. I, I just I just don't see that happening. So uh, I will concur and take the Vikings. Hey, look at that. Uh, we still got to do four picks in nine minutes. Uh, how, how do we do that? All right. Um, Vegas and the Clippers uh, out west in AFC action. Um, instant uh, rematch, instant chance to redeem themselves for the uh, Los Angeles Chargers for the way that they uh, got ran over by the Raiders and lost that last game of the season last year. They immediately get a chance to uh, get some redemption, um, and the public likes that. They uh, make the Raiders and Devontae Adams a underdog, three-and-a-half-point dogs at the L.A. Chargers. Three words. Love the hook. Taking the taking the Raiders, but, man, I love the hook on this game. This, this has got field goal game written all over it. The, the, the Raiders go out add to the offense, the Chargers go out, revamp the defense. That was clearly their weak point. So they're trying to shore up the defense. They go and they get Khalil Mack. Boy, this, this is a fun, this is the best division in football. This is two teams that are going to be just pounding on each other the whole game. And I have got a sense this is going to be a three-point game either way. So that way it makes it easy for me to take the Raiders. And Derek Carr and Devontae Adams get a good soft spot. Uh, spot to start off their union and get their connection going because the uh, Chargers get a cornerback in the offseason, the veteran J.C. Jackson. He's already out for week one with an ankle injury. Um, Poor guy Donald Parham uh, got a a hamstring. He's not going to play the guy that we last saw. I heard it's cold down on the field, though. I'm no doctor, (laughs) but... Yeah, that's that's the last time we saw him. Um, But... (laughs) He's he's out with a ham. He's not out with the he's, oh, he's okay. not out with the concussion. So or or cold. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna uh, concur and take the uh, the Raiders. I think they'll actually win the game. They'll go. Yeah, it's it's gonna be fun. Every game in that division um, should be a lot of fun when those teams play each other. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm gonna concur and take the uh, take the Raiders and leave All it right. at that. Uh, moving on to the Chiefs and the Cardinals. Um, this one, of course, has the uh, the ghost of New Hopkins hanging over it with that uh, PED suspension, uh, first of six games that he's going to miss. But also, Rondale Moore uh, tweaked his hammy, and he's been ruled out for this one. So Arizona definitely short uh, at the wide receiver position. Um, 
hell of a team to be playing when you're short at wide receiver, the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, they're, of course, the big favorite here, minus six and a half at the Cardinals. I, I tried to think of all kinds of ways that I'd be compelled to take the Cardinals here. To, 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 they've had some fast starts the last few seasons and then faded late. Yeah. I can't do it. I'm taking the Chiefs. I want to see the new look offense without Tyreek Hill, but they, they, they still got Patrick Mahomes. They still got Kelsey. They got Hardman. Uh, they added uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling, who's their new deep threat. They've got Sky Moore. Yeah, Mark, uh, Patrick Mahomes will be just fine. So I'm going to take them. I'll give the give the touchdown here. Uh, Mahomes should definitely be just fine. Andy Reid is just fine in Kansas City. He's on a six-game straight-up win streak in week one, so they come out firing. Um, they were on the same streak of covering spreads, but last year ended that. They had a wild one in Cleveland. That uh, they won 33 to 29. They were five and a half point favorites, so they just barely missed covering that one. But otherwise, yeah, Kansas City gets it done uh, in week ones. Um, doesn't matter how much he's in this one. He doesn't have the weaponry for the fire. That one's the, this one is simple for me, just because uh, Kyler Murray doesn't have the guys right now uh, to to compete with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, maybe you know later in the year it would be a different story, but you know this, it is right now. He's got to do it without Nuke. Um, and, and without uh, Rondale Moore. So I'm going to concur and take the Chiefs and give the six and a half. That moves us to Sunday Night Football, Tommy and the Buccaneers. Uh, has he retired again yet? Have I, I haven't checked uh, since we've been on the air. I don't know if uh, Tom Brady is still active or not. We have to pretty much have to check every 10 minutes to see if he's still uh, playing football. But at, at, as, as of last check, uh, Tommy is still going to play quarterback for the Buccaneers tomorrow night. Uh, going down to Dallas uh, to face Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. O-line issues for both teams. Tampa's, of course, their interior O-line is a mess. Dallas, of course, will not have their uh, left tackle, Tyron Smith. They also will not have Michael Gallup. Uh, Tampa 13-4 and last year. Dallas 12-5, and so two playoff teams. Pitching up on Sunday night is going to get a huge rating. Uh, Tampa is the favorite. They are minus 2.5 at the Cowboys. So we got Tommy, the guy said I was worried about the space between his ears, what's going on in the headspace, playing against the team that has no space, you know, nothing between its ears. <laughs> but the Dallas Cowboys, it's our, it's our favorite stupidest team in football, the Dallas Cowboys. Um, this is the Sunday night game. I, always, I hate Dallas in prime time. I hate everything about this game. I'm going to throw up in my mouth a little bit here. At least it won't be Michaels. Oh, God, I'm going to throw up in my mouth a little bit here, and I've got the Cowboys to win. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh. I, I, I that sounds like that hurts. I need some thumbs. <laughs> a lot of injury issues for, for both teams. Yeah, it, to, it comes down to me to which quarterback gets frustrated quicker by getting hit more because they got yeah. offensive line issues. Because both, both quarterbacks are going to get hit, um, and they both have to just figure out how to get around it and how to, to play through it, basically. Uh, the more physical front seven wins it, I, I, I think that's I think that's Dallas. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna concur and, yeah. and take the Cowboys straight up in this one. Uh, and, and yeah, I can see Tommy uh, throwing some some Microsoft tablets down and <laughs> in frustration and get a little uh, red ass. Dad, Dak yeah. doesn't really get red ass. No, he's basically running for his life. He's basically just out there yeah. like, uh, what's going on here? Somebody Not help this again. Yeah, break my ankles in the in 12 different places again. My foot's facing the wrong way. 
hard to get mad when you're worried about your body getting bent the wrong way. And that brings us to Monday night and the uh, Russell Wilson revenge game. All yeah. these revenge games up and down for week one, the schedule. They, they did that on purpose. Uh, Denver and Seattle. Um, Broncos very evenly matched when you look at last year. Uh, actually, we're 7-10, and 10, Broncos and Seahawks. Broncos 3-5 and five on the road. Seattle 3-5 and five at home. And that tells a story. Seattle, the best home field advantage in the league, only 3-5 and five at home last year. Uh, so Russ is the new man, and he is the big favorite there, uh, minus six and a half at the Seahawks. Yeah, if I wasn't locking up the Ravens, I'd be locking up the Broncos. So <laughs> I'm going to give all the points. Uh, Russ does get his revenge. They are a vastly more talented team, even though I think they're the worst team in their division, but that's the best division in football. Uh, the NFC West is an extremely good division, but the Seahawks are just trash. Um and they're not going to look very good. I mean, oh, God, Geno Smith, he'll make a few plays. I don't think that, again, it's not the offense. It's that defense. Russ Wilson is going up a defense, the Legion of Room. He is going to light these guys up, all up and down the field. It's going to get ugly. Uh, I, this one has got, again, blowout potential. This could be a four-touchdown game. I'll take the Broncos. Give them all. It's not enough. Uh, and Russ still makes good decisions. He's going to obviously be motivated. Uh, Pete Carroll in Seattle, not very good uh, in week one. Two, two, and one against the spread. The last five week ones, three and two straight up. Uh, and Seattle's defense, as you said, uh, do not have the horses to turn back uh, Russ and, and what he's going to do with the Broncos. Russ is certainly going to want to cook going back to Seattle. Um, so Russ will cook with the Broncos and I concur with you and give the six and a half more on our after show when we come back. Now into our VIP after show program. Yeah, that was hilarious. We, obviously stretched out and we're more comfortable talking and going into more depth with our picks knowing yeah. that we had 90 minutes. Uh, so of course we wind up going <laughs> with the last four games in, in the last eight minutes. And we, yeah, we, we certainly use all our time. That's for sure. I, I had that feeling today that one, we were going to talk a little bit about that game on Thursday night and we had 15 games to go through and it's not the, once we get into week two, week three, when we actually have a preview show where we have that hour and then we know, boom, at the top of the hour, we flip right to the picks. We weren't going to have that. I didn't think we were getting all the picks in, in 45, 50 minutes. So, and yeah, and yeah it was nice actually having a little bit of, of extra for this week because we are talking a little bit more detailed about these games because we just don't know. Right. That might be the most we talk about the Jaguars all year, or they might make that playoff run, yeah. like you said. It might be the most we talk about the oh, Jets man. and Joe Flacco. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you, you definitely made the right call. We we stretched out and took full advantage of that. So And we still made the last four picks in 15 minutes. Or not even. That's what we, that's what we do. Uh, so uh, I will unveil my – DFS team for tomorrow. Uh, again, right. it could be subject change if there's an injury or 
a devil on my shoulder or something, but um, you know, this is DraftKings. This is their five. I had a five dollar entry and their million a dollar one. So there's like a million entrants in this. So hey, if I'm number one, I could win a million bucks. Go That'd for it. We're rooting for you. I, I'm hoping so. So this is my team. It's a fifty fifty thousand dollar salary cap. Uh, this is not like the DFS team that because I uh, yeah on Thursday night when you do just one game it's interesting because you get basically a captain and six flexes and the captain can earn one and a half times points so that's interesting right. in itself okay. so my captain on uh, Thursday night was Josh Allen <laughs> and then my flexes and I ended up finishing. Um, I had two different lineups because you said, no, I should have more scrubs instead of because I had the two kickers. And I actually ended up scoring more points with the two kickers than I did with my scrub team. But both teams actually crossed into the money threshold. Um, in the one that I was in where I won like six bucks, this isn't big money I was winning. I won $21, but still I was proud. You know, I don't do this. I don't gamble. Sure. Um, the one of the leagues, uh, one of the events for that Thursday night game, I finished in like the 11th percentile, which isn't bad. Oh. Uh, and then the other one, I was in the round 20, 21%. But yeah, both, most of them will pay you out if you're in the top third, the top quarter. The one I actually finished the highest in out of the, there were three of them because one of them was just a free entry. What it turns out is if you enter the free ones, the payout threshold is so high. Mm-hmm. You basically, because it's free, you know, they don't right. want to pay out on free. So you have to finish ridiculously high. You have to finish like top 1%, top 2% right. to get a payout. So the other two where it had an entry fee, even though I was comped it because I had just signed up, um, ended up paying me out. One paid me out 15 bucks, and the other one paid me out 6 bucks. The $6 one I was in the whole time. The other one, I immediately, as soon as uh, Allen threw the bomb to Diggs, for the touchdown because I had them both. I jumped like straight into the money (laughs) just like that. So, so that was interesting. So this one though, uh, that I'm doing is more of the one I'm going to be guaranteed to do every week is across all of these Sunday games. So the Monday night games, um, I don't believe we're part of this. I couldn't do the Thursday night game. So I I couldn't take Josh Allen and get that performance. (laughs) So, uh, I will here tell you my team. I'll give salaries uh, for my week one lineup. So uh, I already spoiled it. My quarterback is Lamar Jackson. Yep. Uh, it seems like for week one, they don't go too crazy with the salaries. Um, most of the top salaries were around 10000 Like if you wanted to go for just the like guaranteed top guy, they most of the top salaries were in that nine thousand to ten thousand range. The lowest possible salaries were twenty five hundred. So those were your scrubs, right? Those were your value guys. So uh, you'll hear this is like uh, fifty thousand. Okay. But you need a quarterback, two running backs, three receivers, a tight end, a flex, and a defense. Oof. Yes. So a lot of guys will fit in the next salary yep. cap. Right. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, nine. So you need nine for the 50,000, which means you're averaging out not that high, right? You're averaging about 5,500 a player. Right. Uh, so $50,000 cap. So Lamar Jackson cost me 7,300. And can 
quarterback be the Fletcher? No. No. He is my QB. He's QB1. He's uh, Andy Dalton. Yeah, I, I know a lot of those games won't let you have a quarterback in that flex. It's got to be either a running back, wide receiver, or tight end. Right. The so solo people just be playing two quarterbacks. Correct. Yeah. The solo matchups uh, when you do just one game. I think I could have had Jackson and Stafford if I wanted. Right. When I actually looked at the lineup that won um, overall, that that won in that one that I was in on Thursday night, they they had. Allen at quarterback, they had Diggs, but they had both defenses. And actually, if you think about it, oh, both wow. defenses racked up a ton of points. There were yeah. interceptions, there were sacks. So, you know, if you can get that defense to score a lot of points. I had both kickers in one of them and actually ended up getting, you know, eight points from one kicker and seven points from another. Mm-hmm. Because that 50-yard halftime bomb, that 57-yard bomb got five points. Right, from that game. So, uh, running backs, uh, I, I took Jonathan Taylor, uh, my highest paid player for the week, $9,100 I invested in uh, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, he's kind of solid. He's decent. Uh, I played matchups somewhat for my other running back, and I don't think you'll be shocked when I say it's Joe Mixon. Um <laughs> Okay, yeah. Going up against that Steelers defense, uh, he cost me $7,100. So I'm I'm really heavy at quarterback and running back. Those are my three highest players for the week. Okay. Uh, receiver is a little bit more of a mixed bag because um, I didn't have as much money. Yeah, I was so, going to say, with those guys, you're going to have to start uh, getting into the budget guys once you commit that much yeah. to running back. Yes. So my top paid receiver is Devontae Smith. I heard he's pretty good. <laughs> you mean uh, the Heisman Trophy winner guy? At at fifty five hundred. Okay. So I, you know, I, I like. You saw this with the game on Thursday night. I like the, you know, if you look at what Stafford did not hardly use Allen Robinson at all. He liked his guys who he knew. Mm-hmm. So yes, even though the Eagles went and got AJ Brown. Jalen Hurts is going to throw it to who he knows. Okay. And he knows Devontae Smith. I think that's not a bad value pick. The line secondary doesn't scare anybody. Uh, $5,400 got me Adam Thielen, who kills the Packers. Right. Uh, so that was my $500 receiver. My $3,000, 3000 I'm going deep value here. I am president and only member of the Romeo Dobbs fan club. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's he, who's playing receiver for them. Right. Exactly. Someone, my point someone's, exactly. someone's catching these balls. If Romeo Dobbs at $3,000 goes four for 63 and a touchdown, I'll take it. Sure. Uh, I spent some money on my tight end. I doubled up Mark Andrews. Okay. So I get him with Lamar. He was my $6,800 player. I spent $3,100 on my flex. There were no receivers at that price point, so I actually looked. I I scoured depth charts. I took the only starting player that I could even find at $3,100, tight end from the Saints. Oh, wow. That that is deep. That's a deep cut, but he's the starter. Uh, I had to then go super cheap on defense. 
$2,500, the cheapest price you could pay for anybody. There wasn't much there at that price for a defense. I took the Jags. There you go. You got to play your matchups. I took that Jags defense against Carson Wentz. You're telling me there's going to be some rain. <laughs> hey, that could mean that could mean a fumble. That could mean a crazy special teams touchdown. Right? That could mean you know, a couple sacks that maybe you wouldn't necessarily think you were going to get. They did revamp the defense. I'm, I'm hoping that's a value at 2,500. I don't expect a ton of points, but I need more than their fantasy projection 3.7 points. It's always a good uh, gamble to use a defense playing against a guy that's so capable of giving the defense gifts like Carson Wentz is. Right. I mean, what was the stat that we uh, that you were always talking about? Turnover-worthy throws, and he would lead the league every year? <laughs> he would lead the league and then get hurt and not play and still be leading the league four weeks later. <laughs> gives it up. He puts the ball in jeopardy. uh, So that's my main entry. And then I have uh, three other games where I'm just doing $1 entries. I think the top prize in these is like 200 bucks um, where I'm doing individual games. So I picked three games. And of course I'm picking games that I feel good about. Uh, I took Denver, Seattle, where I, so I loaded up on, like, Russell Wilson and, you know, um, Baltimore and the Jets. Of course. <laughs> Which I, I took that one. I, and uh, and then New Orleans and Atlanta. I loaded up on that game, too. I mean, I'm only paying a dollar for each. So I've got $8 invested tomorrow in, in fantasy. And one, you know, one of those is Monday night. So interesting, again, to see uh, my three free entries that I had over the weekend netted me $21. Hey, good for you. I, that's exactly how I built up the little bit of money I had in the uh, Yahoo Daily Fantasy Leagues was I'd yeah. done some free contests when I first signed up and kind of kept it going and parlayed it along. And so I had a decent chunk. Uh, and this baseball season kind of wiped me out. But uh, but now football coming back, and I'll, uh, I, I've got a – you know, I'm in their uh, season-long deal uh but it's uh but it's a free roll so right you know i don't have any uh any money that i have to risk and and there's a chance that i win some you know it's a small chance it's a free roll but but it is season long it is uh like a uh, the whole season at the end of the season uh whoever got the best scores uh, get some money and then i believe they're going to drop like your lowest score uh at the end of the year okay. and that's how that works it, I'm in the same thing in baseball, and that's uh, going terrible because uh, baseball is even more random than football. Like they they do it every they do it Friday nights, um, once a week, and I swear to God, the the teams that win, I don't know how anyone wins with some of the guys that wind up being the top scorers that night. You know, you uh, I wake up Saturday morning and look at these emails to see uh, what what the winning team did and. Uh, I'm going to look it up and pull up yeah. the, this past uh, Friday. The Like 300 points was the winning uh, team or the best possible team. And uh, the, the guys that put up the numbers to get that is like, who would have had any of these people? How right. anyone could have 
right, but that's what it's recap. all about. There's gonna be yeah. there's gonna be some second string tight end yeah. that just all, all two touchdowns and eight yards. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. Which is funny because in that Baltimore and uh Jets game that lineup that I picked, um I've actually got Isaiah Likely in that lineup See, because he's so cheap. We didn't even talk about him. No, we didn't talk about him at all, but it's I've got Lamar Jackson, I've got the Ravens defense, Mark Andrews, Justin Tucker, <laughs> Isaiah Likely, mm-hmm. the only Jet, the only Jet I have is Corey Davis. That's it. <laughs> Yet example number three million of us uh, being on the same wavelength. I, I come into the show Hey, you know this Isaiah Likely guy. Yeah. He, he might be a thing, and you've already you're already using him in a, in a fantasy. League. I've got him in a daily fantasy lineup for that Jetson. Yep. Yeah, because I I've got that same thought like you've got. Lamar likes, and we talked about this in the preview show. He doesn't need deep guys. He needs guys who can get his attention, distract. Like he needs to see big purple jerseys in his line <laughs> of vision. Otherwise, he's not throwing the ball. Right, he's just going to take off. Correct. So, yeah, I, I would not be shocked to see them run in some of those uh, two tight end sets like you brought up the Patriots, though, with less murder. Hopefully. Hopefully. We don't know anything about Isaiah Likely's off-field uh, proclivities. He, he could be a crime lord, and we just don't know. Nobody knew anything about Aaron Hernandez uh, while he was doing all that stuff for the Patriots. I mean, the people around him knew, but we didn't know. Yeah, uh, but yeah, the the Friday night baseball uh, daily fantasy. Uh, you made a shitload of money if you were smart enough to play uh, Red starter Nick Lodolo, uh, who got forty points, sixty points. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Rays righty Drew Rasmussen, who got thirty six point six points. Uh, Rockies catcher Elias Diaz, who had forty five point seven points. I don't know. I had 45 by, for my whole team. Uh, first base, Carlos Santana had 30 point, 30 points. Second base, Jonathan India had 25 point eight. Who's who's using and these wait, guys? Somebody and, actually had a lineup with all those guys. I don't know if anyone. This is the perfect lineup if, oh, uh, okay. for Friday night. I don't know if only one it. person had it, but somebody had a, a whole lot of them winning the thing. Uh, third base, Jimer Candelario, 32.2. Stop Carlos Correa, 29.6. Somebody would use Carlos Correa because he's a really good player. All these other guys, I don't imagine how you could have probably picked them. And then outfield, Oscar Gonzalez of the Indians at 39.3 points. What the hell? Okay. Uh, Jake McCarthy of the Diamondbacks at 29.3. And Robbie Grossman, 25.5. I can't do – yeah, I can't. I can barely get my head around doing these daily fantasy football. Like I like this because this is, you know, you feel like you're strategizing a little bit more and, and I have a better feel for this because I've played so much fantasy football. So I feel like it's like, okay, you know, you're, you're manipulating the, the money and you're looking for those deals. And, you know, every, I, I like that part of it looking at like, those low price guys going, who's got value. That's fun to me. I couldn't do that with baseball. 
I don't know how you can. I, I, I know, know that you... I know that the, the, the Jamer Candelario is going to go off tonight. Come on. <laughs> Nobody knows that. Jamer Candelario doesn't know no. that Jamer Candelario is going to go off tonight. No. Uh, do we want to talk at all about these baseball rule changes because it's fresh now and it's stupid? I think you just talked about it. It's fresh and it's stupid. Okay. It's really stupid. I mean, when Joey Gallo said it's a bad idea to ban the shift, you know it's stupid. <laughs> the guy who's going to probably benefit from it the most, right, got up there and said, "No, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna make you know you're gonna make bad hitters look good." He would know. Yes, the guy that they would put seven guys on the uh, on that side of the uh, of the infield if they could. Yeah, all, they bring the outfield in and. Uh, and put and all the infield, put all seven over there uh, if, they, if, if that was if that was allowed. Right. Um, I don't ever yeah. really see rule changes in football, like when they moved back the extra point or they moved they changed the kickoff. I've never had a rule change in football make me go, "That's not football." And all of these rule changes in baseball, though the extra inning rule, the I'm not even going to complain about the universal DH fine, whatever. Um, this thing with the the pitch clock doesn't even bother me, but this this no shifting it, that's not baseball. That's not baseball. That's that's a skills competition. Right. You you so might as well just start, give points for. Uh, oh, he got it through that hole. That's two hundred and fifty yeah. points. That's, that's just you just a, start fundamentally changing the game. You're not going to attract newer fans. You're just going to piss off your existing fans. Right. It's it's not baseball to me. Um, and and I don't know who said none of these things were universally accepted. And it sounds like the one thing that we do want, which is the automated strike zone, the robot ump, is right. closer than we think. We certainly hope so. That it was really close to being implemented this go round, but I've there I've got a really strong sense that within the next two years, we could see. Because uh, the, the technology is there. I mean, it, it's they're using it in the minors. I, I mean, I don't want to take – I don't want to go well, – if somebody goes, wow, it's not 100% accurate. But like what we have now is – Right. It's it's still better than Joe fucking West. We're, you know, we're, we're, yeah, okay, maybe it misses of one of these – one or two of these like right on the black borderline calls. But it's not Angel hernandez this thing where it's oh. calling – not just balls and strikes. Now I'm I'm talking about the ones down the middle that go called balls. Those are just <laughs> as egregious as as the ones that are six inches off the corner that get called strikes. There's no good reason for anyone to look at an automated system and then look at CB Buckner and say, "Yeah, I think we should go yeah. with CB Buckner." There's no good reason <laughs> and, to do that. And I am all for a system that eliminates pitch framing. Yes. <laughs> I'm I'm all for that. That's basically tricking the ump should not be a skill set. This guy's hitting it, it, 165, but he's really good at tricking the umpire. <laughs> so we're going to keep his bat in the lineup. No. He's really good at showing the world that the umpire is guessing at balls and strikes doesn't know what he's doing. He's really right. good at doing it. Right. Cuz now, now you know and you won't have to deal with this stuff where the the catcher has to set up you know, maybe they still need to some just to give the the pitcher a better you know line on where he wants to throw the ball and the aim and stuff. But just get rid of that part of the game. 
the yeah. technology exists that this thing, if it's 98, 99% accurate, I, I'm okay with that. Yeah, very much so. I, I, so again, I can't imagine a, an argument against that. Right. So it's funny that we're, 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 we crap on these other things. I, the banning the shift is stupid as hell. I don't think that's baseball. You have seven defenders. Put them anywhere you want. I Again, I've, and I've said this a million times, you pay me to win games. Yeah. I have data that tells me I'm more likely to win games by putting my defenders in this place. Now here comes a rule law that says, no, you can't put them there anymore. We, we think it looks ugly. I don't give a fuck what it looks like. It gives me a better chance to win games. It gives me a better chance to keep my job and to stay employed and to feed my family. And you're telling me, no, it's because we think it's not aesthetically pleasing. You can't do it anymore. And it may, now we're going to make it less likely for you win, to win games because you can't put your defenders uh, where they're supposed to be. That, that's complete bullshit. And, and like I said, it's, it turns it into a skills competition where you're, you're rewarding guys for finding uh, a hole to hit instead of rewarding guys for uh, looking at the defense and finding a hole to hit based on where the defense is. Now you're just rewarding guys for finding a hole every time they come to the play because the defense has to be in a certain area every time. Right. It's, it's just, yeah, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense to us. And we're, you know, we've been, we're, we're old. We've been watching baseball for 40 years. The, the shift stuff, First of all, it goes back to Ted fucking Williams. It's not like it's brand new. Right. Did you see uh, they had that on Twitter? Someone's posting like the old timey photos. They were shooting Ted Williams. The whole the whole defense was yeah. on the right side, mm-hmm. except for like one guy who was in the outfield. Right. So this isn't new. this isn't uh, the the eggheads who uh, rely on analytics invented shifting. No. It goes back before <laughs> yeah. any of you fuckers were born. So. Uh, that's number one, but we've been watching for 40 – the shift being more prevalent, much more prevalent now um, makes it seem like it's this fangled thing. It's not. And But we've been we, – we watched the, uh, the, the gradual, uh, you know, the, the shift coming on gradually and more and more teams using it. You know, first it was a few, and then it was about five or six, and then it was seven or eight, and then uh, it was, you know, half the league. Um, it's not like it's just, just came out of nowhere and, oh, my God, this is so ugly. It, it, it's old as hell, and not every team used to use it, but because of the analytics, more teams discovered that it's smarter to use it because it puts your defenders in better position. I, it, it makes it seem like we're like young, uh, newfangled Jetson-type people that saw the shift get uh, brought into the game and, and we're like, we got to keep this because it's so new and hip. And the shift was around again before any of us were born. I, I, and it just, it's so dumb that to, to defend it makes it seem like you are uh, a new hip guy. No, they've been doing that forever. Uh, yeah. it, it, and to decide that they have to get rid of it now, it, just because it's, Maybe it doesn't look as, as great on television or something where you have three guys on one side. Who cares? Who the hell? Can you imagine in football that they ban a, a nickel defense or a dime because all those all those def, uh, defensive backs out there doesn't look good. It's not aesthetically pleasing. We need more linebackers and linemen, so we're going to ban 
uh, nickel and dime. You can't put your defenders out there, and you can't have too high safety because that doesn't look right. You got to have uh, two safeties down in the bottom. It, that's just so stupid. Put yeah, like you said, put your guys yep. wherever the hell you want to put them because it's your team and your defense, and you're trying to give your guys the best chance to win. That's like if the Bears, when the Bears win the Super Bowl, that they go, uh, you can't run the 46 defense anymore. We're, we're banning it. Doesn't look right. Not aesthetically pleasing. Banned. All those, all those linebackers and DBs in the in that box. No, we can't can't do that. Spread out. Spread out. That's right. Get back out there. You can only play base four three. That's it. <laughs> Come on. So yeah, we we definitely are not a fan of those uh, the rules. The the bigger bases, I don't give a fuck. It's whatever. That doesn't. That yeah. Doesn't okay. It's, to play, well, it's a player safety thing. It's going to eliminate collisions, mostly at first base, than just a large first base. <laughs> I, whatever explanation you wanted to use, that's fine. I, I, it'll it'll increase stolen base uh, right, like teams are running wild. Right. Like banning um, the shift is going to suddenly make teams like, they won't play small ball now, where they're literally giving you half the field to hit the ball to. <laughs> it, no, it's it's and it's universal DH. Nobody's out there playing small ball. What research did they do that says that increasing stolen bases is going to be the magic elixir that gets more ratings for baseball? I don't. I I don't I, know. I, I didn't know, know that was such a pressing concern. Apparently, attendance is way down this year across the league. Mommy, I really need to go to these games now because some the, random flea the might steal The bases are bigger. The bases are bigger. <laughs> it's going to make me want to see Terrence Gore run I'm more. He might steal getting, a base today. I'm getting in line for my season tickets because there's a pitch clock. <laughs> and, and you can only step off no more than two times, and or you can only throw to the uh, first – you know, you can only throw to try to pick off the runner – uh, two times. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very gimmicky. I'm I'm used to the pitch clock from the minor league games that I watched down here. It was uh, jarring to see it at first, and then I got completely used to it. And it's that it's that not one a big does deal. not bother me I, because again, that's that's a, a speeding up the game type rule, and and you don't need these laborious you know, delays between pitches and no, we, we don't need that. Catch it, throw it. Yeah, that's fine. Um, you know, I don't have a problem wanna, with the, with the pitch yeah. clock, you know, but yeah, they could do away with some of these other rules and, and, and it would still feel like baseball. The pitch clock to me doesn't feel like they're ruining baseball. Every, all the other sports, base, uh, basketball's got a shot clock, you know, you know, football's got a, a you know, the play a, clock. A, yep. Play clock. Fine. Baseball. Hey, yeah. You just don't want to have it where it's ridiculously, you know, boring, and you want it to be, you know, more action packed. And of course, it's all being driven towards TV. But don't do this other. Don't do this extra inning thing, which I just hate. Which I thought was just going to be a COVID thing, and then they decided to keep, which is just so. Yeah, dumb. I did too. I, I thought that was going to go away after COVID as well. Yeah, it needed to. It needs to die. Yes. I agree. It's it's a, just com- a complete gimmick. It's one step away from penalty shots. You know, might yeah, as well let's just have, have a home run derby. Do home run derby to decide. Yeah, I was just about to say. 
Um, I'm with you there. Uh, so, so the queen died this week. Uh, I don't care. <laughs> I mean, was that was that supposed to was that supposed to register for me or? Uh, no. Um, oh, okay. But it, you're the one who uh, who brought it up on Twitter uh, when you oh. were like, the NFL better not have a. Oh well, my a God! Moment of that, silence ten, before the game for the queen dying, and I'm like, actually, they announced yeah. that. Oh. Mm-hmm. I'm just sitting there like, man, they better not. They better not have a <laughs> moment of silence for the queen. And I guess you know, I understand because what they play in London, so there's that connection. Come on. Yeah, we there's really no other connection to England. Other there's than no connection. Get England's money. How many people were at the game when they did that? We're like. Man, come on, really? <laughs> oh, all right. all right, all right. Moment of silence. Great. I'm proud to say I mean, that tomorrow's, I was at Taco tomorrow's Bell. the anniversary of 9/11. Have a moment of silence. Oh, you you know that's coming. Um, I, I was at Taco Bell when the game started Thursday night. I have no idea how many people booed or did anything yep. or cheered oh, or whatever. Oh, I don't know. I was in my car. Uh, I was having a hell of a time finding the game on the radio. For some reason, the the station that normally carries that is was just static. I don't know if they were yeah. having di- uh, technical difficulties or something. So I ended up finding some just obscure, don't even know where it was from, AM station that I was able to listen to the game um, as long as I wasn't near power lines. Yeah. And then once I actually got into town, it got real sketchy. But yeah, I only missed the first quarter of the game live, you know, on TV. And I got home and I just watched the rest of it. And I had my phone next to me, um, doing my my uh, my DraftKings, which was fun. I, I actually, it kept me engaged through the whole game. You know, and it it was really interesting having it that way with that kind of action. Excuse me, in in the middle of the game, I'd never really experienced anything like that before. It was it was fun. Good. And it wasn't so. It wasn't like I had a hundred bucks on it, where it was all this high stakes stuff, and I'm sweating it out. I, I can't do that. You, you're never going to do that. You don't have that kind of uh, no. stomach for gambling. No, I mean I like gambling. Don't get me wrong. I'll go to the casino. I'll, I'll throw throw money on a table, and you know, throw throw money in a slot machine. But I don't think I could sit there and and, and man and, and have it just so. You know, if I'm at the casino. And the cards are in my hand, or the dice are in my hand, or I'm at the slot machine. You still feel like you're, you know, you're not, but you feel like you're in control. Putting that right. kind of money on the line, expecting other people <laughs> to, to yeah, just steward you your money. Mm, right. mm-mm, mm-mm. That's why I don't have a problem playing some of these low dollar, long shot odds, big money reward uh, type things because hey, I'll. You know, you hit one for a hundred bucks. Hey, it paid for the whole season of playing. No, that's how I see it with uh, the the Yahoo Daily that I play. Is, is I don't yeah. I don't they, they have a whole lot of options for you know twenty five dollars and fifty dollars and hundred dollar contests or whatever. I ain't getting in any yeah. of those either. No. Oh my God, some of these ones on DraftKings are thousands. Yeah, yeah. To get the into, high roller, I've noticed. Yeah, no. What I've noticed is the less. Uh, I'm sorry, the more money that it costs you to get in, the less players there are, mm-hmm. but the more it pays out, and then also the threshold for payout, you know, is, is better. Right. So if you enter a $5 league, 
obviously it will pay out more than a dollar league will, but the, the you don't have to do as good, but there's also money less people in it. Right. So they're trying to entice you into these, you know, ones where you're not up against a million people. Maybe you're only up against 10,000 people and the top 2,000 spots will pay you out. Yeah, you just have to figure out what your risk level is and yes. how much you're willing, you know. Right. And since um, I won money on the first week or the Thursday night when I won the free money, I'm like, well, okay. I, 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 instead of just doing my $5 one, I'm like, I'll throw a, you know, I'll throw a $1 one here. I'm thinking I was going to do a week here. I don't know what week I'm going to do it, but there might be a week if I'm up at all where I just do all the games in the $1 tier just to see how I right. do it. Well, it's it's always fun. Just keeping it fun, you know. Dollar game yeah. is not, you know, is a drop in the bucket. So, uh, yeah, that that, that yeah, might be buck, fun. Yeah. yeah, most of them it's yeah. like a buck. A buck gets you in. The, most of the dollar um, ones, the top payouts, two hundred, three hundred. Mm-hmm. That's first place. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I was trying to give you my little bit of advice on Thursday night. Uh, with the stars and scrubs, just because yeah. all the one game things that I play for free on Yahoo, but I yeah. never get into the money for any of those because the person that wins is the guy that has like a Ben Scourinek that has two touchdowns to say, Oh, come on, really? So, which is funny because I did submit one, I did change that kicker lineup, and I did change that other lineup to have a little bit more like scrubby kind of thing going on, and I had Skoranek as one of the guys, and he actually ended up scoring like six points. Yeah. Because um, he was getting yeah. a point for the reception, and he was getting a little bit for the for the yardage. It's a very liberal scoring system, which I like. It's not this <laughs> ridiculous like passing touchdowns are only four points type thing. Mm-hmm. And then in the one, though, where I had the two kickers, and I actually ended up winning the higher dollar value, I had James Cook. Who finished with negative points? Yeah, well, yeah, because he got because the one he, carry and fumbled, and he fumbled, and then they yanked him right out of the yep. game. And then Zach Moss is getting all the carries. So what's he decide to do late? He decides to put it on the turf. Mm-hmm. Yep. I still like Cook as an intriguing cheap option as the season goes on. So it might not be the only time I use him, especially if I'm doing a just Buffalo game. All right. A single carry does not get it done for me. Uh, he, he has those moments. He, 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 he looked, yeah, he looked pretty fresh uh, Thursday, but as the yeah. season goes on, yeah, he he kind of wears down. Yeah, uh, Devin Singletary's ceiling is I. <laughs> That's his ceiling. That's the official uh, Road to Work cat- category for him is I. I. <laughs> it was a fun show. Uh, yeah, uh, week one we we got a lot so, in. And- how many games do we differ on? It couldn't be more than oh, five. Yeah, you're usually really good at the. That's right. I, that got it, I'm not in midseason. I'm not in midseason form yet because I don't keep track. I'm just because I've got my screen up for the matchups um, and my phone with my picks. So I'm going to say it's like five, maybe six. It didn't feel like that um, many. We were we're kumbaya on quite uh, a few. Very. Um, if my count is correct, it's only four. Okay, so um, going back and double checking that, um, I've got the uh, potato skin commanders, and you've got the Jags. I've got the Brownies. You've got the Panthers. 
Okay. I've got the Bengals. You've got the Steelers. I've got the, got the Giants. You've got the Giants. Titans. Another way. That's, that's it. it. Wow. That's well, the list. So nobody's putting anybody else away this year, week one. Uh, no. And, and we even are kumbaya locks. So we Which are we telegraphed. Uh, definitely. We telegraphed that on <laughs> Tuesday. We we both knew the other was locking Baltimore week one, probably in July. <laughs> I, I mean, how often do you feel like you're getting a gift in week one? And this feels like a gift. Sure does. My wife is in a straight-up survivor pool at work. She texts me, who's guaranteed to win this week? Baltimore. (laughs) I mean, that was immediately what I said. I I didn't even hesitate. I just said Baltimore. So she said she's got the – it's a $300 pool uh, for the winner. So, yeah. So she said that it's her and – she said there's 16 people in it. One person's eliminated already because they had the Rams. Um, Oh, no. I know. What were you thinking? When you looked at this week's slate of games, what made you go, yeah, that's my line? I know I know. we both picked the Rams, but in my confidence uh, thing that I do uh, on yeah. uh, ESPN, I, I had five points on the Rams. I that's wasn't locking in. Are you kidding me? Because, yeah, any time I pick against the Bills this year, I'll have zero confidence doing it. <laughs> right. We even, we even, if you even go back, because I listened to the show, and my time driving to work because it was a long show, so it took me two trips to work to listen to our show. Um, I think I even said I would not be shocked if the Bills blow these guys out, <laughs> and they did. As, you know, as we're picking the Rams. Yes, but that. But I thought I had a smart reason for picking the Rams. I thought that the Bills were wounded uh, on the back end, and that the Rams were going to be able to exploit that. You just you can't exploit that when your quarterback's on his ass. Really hard to exploit anything when your quarterback is getting sacked every time they turn around. Yeah, and when he wasn't getting sacked, he was getting just exploded. Mm-hmm. Did you see the Did you see the one play where Cam Akers just saw the linebacker blitz and it was like, nope. <laughs> yes. And Stafford got rid of it. Stafford got rid of the ball and just got annihilated yeah. as soon as he yep. let go of it. Cam Akers actually had that moment where he was like, mm-mm. Nah, don't think so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not not you know, a good even, night. We didn't even talk about this. I don't know if you saw this because we're talking about all the sacks. The Bills did not blitz. No, that was just the line. That was just Von Miller and, and company just yeah. eating up just, the Rams' line. Yeah. That, that's scary. Yes, very scary. Anytime the team uh, keeps getting home and and they're not even blitzing, that's just like, oh, shit, well, damn, what what are we supposed to do? And, and again, Notre Davis White, maybe maybe we sold Leslie Frazier a little short. He got Von Miller. I mean, I'm not – I mean, that always helps. But they were – Yeah, I'm not denigrating Leslie Frazier at all. Fifth? Yeah, they were were very dominant. Right, and now they're even better. And they added Von Miller. <laughs> right. Yeah, and, yeah. and again, getting Von Miller means all those other guys are now free to just go to work. Yep. It, it's lay back yeah, and, and um, they they put the camera on Matt Milano's face a couple of times because he made a, a couple of plays, but usually he's like trying to blitz and help out. He didn't have to. He just sitting back there having to, he was drinking yep. tea in midfield and check the kettle and 
Now everybody else gets freed up to, to just kind of do you know do their assignments and yeah. be be at home and not have to worry about that. And that that's that's a very liberating thing for a defense to to go through that. So, but there's can can't look much better than that week one. There's just one thing I want you to remember, and I will never let you forget it. I liked the Bills before it was cool. Hipster J strikes again, folks. <laughs> He was on the Bills long before all you losers. I, I saw this coming before I was way, way. This is a, I'm not joking either. People can check the tape. I, I was on this team doing these things, and you could see it, right? I saw it way before anybody else did. Way before you did. Yeah, this is uh, definitely before me. Yeah, this is 2022 when every single person is picking the Bills to win the Super Bowl. Jay was on this before COVID, before 2019. He was talking yeah. talking up the bills long before uh, any of you people were. All of you are, are Johnny Completely's. Everybody is that's that's right. sick in Buffalo. When I was sitting there Jay going, there. When, when, when Allen was still project, I'm like, no, no, this is going to be the Bills division for a long yeah. time. You know, um, looks that way. Yeah, sure does. And I, I'm not a Bills fan, but man, I, 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 I have a lot of respect for what they do. I love watching them. You know, if my team isn't in it, I, you know, and I picked them to win the Super Bowl, I, I want to see it happen. Yeah, I, I'm. I've watched with the admiration from from where I'm sitting uh, at the growth, at the development as a team, as a, a gelling and coming together. That's, that's what it's supposed to look like when a when a franchise turns into world beaters and. Uh, we, we've seen it develop before our eyes and, uh, you know, all the kids coming together and, and doing what they're doing, um, especially, you know, that one kid project who's turned into, yeah. you know, best quarterback in football now. He didn't show up good either. He, he was really not good yeah. at the beginning. Yeah, it was rough. It, I remember it was that rough. playoff game in Houston. Oof. Well, I was just – it's funny you bring that up. I was just about to mention – he didn't show much of anything until that playoff game in Houston when he yeah. shocked me by playing his ass off for three quarters. And three quarters. With some, some boneheaded plays in the, in the fourth quarter. three quarters, he played great. Oh, I, I was like, whoa, where'd this come from? This kid looks awesome. But that was my first indication. Didn't see anything before that. Um, and I was almost upset, and, and I remember – so much criticism. He was getting so much criticism for the bonehead plays he made. I was like, hey, 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 wait a minute now. I, you know, I, I'd give this kid as much shit as anybody, but do you want to not ignore the first three quarters that he played in which he looked like a fucking great player and give him credit for that? Uh, so, yeah, uh, it's, it's been a long time coming. So, you know, uh, the, when you put the road together like that, um, it's 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 incredible. It's impressive. So I, yeah. I'm, I've, and, I've got and, some admiration for him. And us turning around on that coach. I mean, mm-hmm. well, I still think that Bills team that made the playoffs that year when they tried to tank is the worst <laughs> playoff team I've ever seen. That's the same coach. That's still Sean McDermott's team. Same coach. Uh, you know, they uh, – they got Nathan Peterman off that team, and finally oh. he, he was able to coach yeah. some real players. Because as, as, as long as Peterman was around, he was going to keep using him. Everything they tried to do 
that last six, eight weeks to not make the playoffs, but somehow still did. <laughs> winning games, just crazy win, the winning games with special teams touchdowns, and then these big deals. The defense was still good back then, but that was just a bad. They went to the playoffs and just crapped the bed like we knew they would. They had no business being there. And I just remember how much we just disliked <laughs> that coach and that team, and we laughed at them. I guarantee you, I, maybe not guarantee, but if we go back to that season, like honors and dishonors, we we had to be crapping on Sean McDermott. Somebody did. Yeah, I'm sure we did. I'm sure we did. So, And, yeah, here he is. Yeah, it, it, can, it, it can happen to you. <laughs> Just be patient. It Just, can happen yeah, to you. Get, get, a, get a great quarterback. Trade for a wide receiver you have no business trading for. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and oh, have yeah. a good defense. Rape another team in a wide receiver trade. That helps you, yes. <laughs> well, you know, maybe it's in their blood. That's why they drafted Matt Areza. Oh, I, I don't even have a no, energy don't to worry. find the, uh, the button. <laughs> I'm available. I'll punt. We'll punt for less. <laughs> I, I had a different screen up. I was uh, You mentioned your wife's uh, survivor pool, which reminded me of the survivor pool at oh, my shit. job that I'm running, uh, which is just funny because the, the teams, when I read these off, that people decided to lock this week, that shows you – this is fun to me. That Half these people don't know what they're doing. They they don't watch football, but they're in it because they, cause there's <laughs> well, 20 bucks on the line for, for each uh, competitor, and they want to win that money. I'm trying to explain this to my wife. I said, there's some strategy involved in this. You don't always want to take the most obvious one or, or the strongest team because you might need that team farther down the road. But this week one, you always you have to win week one. You don't want to be eliminated week one. Because there's still 31 other teams left. So you're not, you don't have to lose, you know, just yet. Yeah. Don't burn your best team, I don't think. And I don't think the Ravens are, you know. The Ravens can't be anyone's best teams. They were terrible last year. Right. And so. that's even, I mean, you and I see it as obvious. But even my wife's like, hey, I'm in this thing with 16 people. Only five of them took the Ravens, which is still a third of the people. Yeah, that is, that is a lot. So that's a chunk. So there are, you know, obviously she's going up against people who understand football, you know. Right. But but then she goes, well, yeah, somebody already got eliminated because they took the Rams. Well, well, you know. But but to your point, as some people might think, that's the strategy is I, I can't take all the great teams. I got to take some risk, and I got to take some teams that I yeah. might not take later in the year. So I was tempted. But to yeah, tell going her to against the, the Broncos. I was tempted to tell her to do the Broncos this week, and then that would save the Ravens for farther down. But no, I I want the one I am sure is going to happen. You want the, the one against the Jets, against Joe Flacco. You want to use yeah. that as, as soon as you possibly can. Right. I'll so, have plenty of times that I can lock up somebody against the Seahawks this year. So only seven people uh, signed up at my job. It's not like my job's got 100 okay. people anyway. But I mean, did, is there money on this? Has got some skin in the game? I, I told them to give me 20 bucks each, winner take all. So $140 oh. to okay. the winner. So one winner. One winner. Um, again, these a few of them watch football, but they're not like hardcore. And like four or five of the of these people told me right out to my face, I don't really watch football. I'm just in it because I want to win this money. Um, and they asked 
people in their lives. Who should I pick? Whatever. Sure. So these well, are like my, you mean like my wife? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but she watches football. She actually knows football. Yeah, but um, she still asked me. Right. She didn't tell me, uh, so hey, th- I did this. And I was like, oh, that's a smart move. She's like, hey, who you got this week? So I don't know how many of these uh, teams were on other people's list for Survivor pick, but I was, I was, I was surprised when I got these. Oh uh, nobody picked the Ravens. Nobody. Did you? I'm not in it. I'm just running it. Oh. Because I, I don't want to okay. win it and people go, oh, of course he won it. He ran it. Oh, uh, okay. So nobody out of these people took the Ravens. Nobody took the Ravens. So are you going to be playing this in your head, though, against these people? I'm sure you are. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm in the ESPN Survivor thing because that's free. I, I do that every year. And who do you um, have? I have the Ravens. Well, <laughs> all right then. Uh, but but if you don't have the Ravens, I was thinking people would come back with, well, um, who was the big winner's you know, that's the Chiefs, uh, you know, there's just Cowboys the fans in it. The Broncos were going to be my number two this week. Well, one girl took the Broncos. And maybe the Saints um, after that. I really, I, I think the Saints are going to, you know, and this is just straight up. So there's no points on this. Right, right. Just one game. That's what I kept explaining to these people. You, you're, you're picking a winner. What am I doing? Just Hello? look at the schedule and pick <laughs> one winner. Hello. You play to win the game. That's all you're trying to do. Uh, is is big one. It seemed like it was a hard concept for for some people to yeah. kind of figure out. But um, yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't I didn't think it was that difficult. But so, hello, you play to win the game. So two of them are are big Cowboys fans. I told you about all the cowboy love down here in Memphis, which I don't understand. Mm. They both took the Eagles. It's a survivor pool. Would you want to risk taking the Philadelphia Eagles? Uh, I mean, the Eagles. No matter who they're playing, it's the Annihilated like, the Lions last year. But this is on the road. The, the Lions sure are improved. They, they were a. Uh, they were such a tough out last year. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm with you. I didn't even. You got to take what I was going to say about this Eagles offense now adding the big receiver. Does that make Jalen Hurts have to force balls to A.J. Brown? And you said that, and I'm glad you did because I was thinking it and I didn't get it in. And then you said it, and I was like, perfect, because that's where I was thinking too, is does that rattle the – does that make the offense turn more pass-heavy when it shouldn't? Because you got to well, keep was, the guy I, happy. For, uh, yeah, you, you don't trade for him to have him you know, get two targets Standard, a game. Yeah. He could be. I mean, if you want him to be a multi-million-dollar decoy, I mean, go right ahead. But then you're going to have a disgruntled receiver. Uh, yeah, I actually said it in the uh, season preview. Is, is Nick Sirianni going to be uh, feel compelled to make this more right. passing, pass-happy offense uh, because right. we have the weaponry now? Um, but yeah, the, the two uh, the two Cowboys fans took the Eagles. I really think is you know a team in their division, and they're trying to they're almost trying to reverse jinx them. Willie, is <laughs> like a, they want to lose, <laughs> they want to lose the survival. It's worth twenty bucks. Look, Willie uh, is a is a humongous Steelers fan. He took the Bengals. Well, he saw what happened last year. <laughs> but you're a Steelers fan. How are you the first week out taking your your team's opponent? I, I mean, I'm a Falcons fan. I had no problem locking up the Saints. 
but would you take the Saints in a survivor pool against the Falcons? No. I don't, I don't think you'd do that. Uh, no, just because of the history there. Uh, so uh, I, I didn't mean to say the dude's name. I was trying to do this um, well, without oh, mentioning You didn't names. give his first name and last name, did you? I didn't. I said his first name. I didn't give his last name. Okay. Um, so someone, someone who's a Steelers fan to Domingos, somebody who was knew they were going to be out of town, uh, wrote me a note at the beginning of the week and said, "Give them the Colts." Mm. Which and you and I both like Houston in this game. See, I think that person looked at the schedule and said, "The Texans suck. I'm taking the Colts." Yeah. Okay, but. There's there's much better teams out there than the the Colts I think, but that's right. just well I mean okay last year they played twice uh, Indy won a combined sixty two to three. I'm very sure this person doesn't know that, but okay. No. And that December fifth matchup uh, they ran for two hundred and thirty eight yards, and then the other one one hundred and seventy four. I, I I love me some Jonathan Taylor this week. Did I mention that? Yes, I believe you did. Um, I love him as much as you do as my number one overall draft pick. If you um, lose son. this week, I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> with, with the Josh Allen start, well, yeah. Oh, hey, was that Bill's uh, defense on your bench? Of course. Oh, my God. How many points was that? Uh, 17, I believe. Oh, my God. <laughs> the Ravens might do that. They might. They might, they might do, they the might same do thing. more. Uh, yeah. They might. I sure hope Flacco, you know where he's going to be. Uh, so you mentioned uh, Broncos. One girl does have the Broncos. That girl 100% knows nothing about football and had to ask her boyfriend or somebody in her life. Hey, that, uh, that, all it takes. If you don't know um, anything about football, know somebody who knows something about football. It's good life advice right there. So uh, a woman yesterday who uh, gave me her pick, who also knows nothing about football and got her pick from her boyfriend, um, she actually went back and had to d- the, do research after she gave me her pick because just because of the reaction and the look on my face when she said the team, because I did not mean to respond like that, but I've never heard anyone taking a survivor pool, taking this team in a survivor pool. She had the Cleveland Browns. What? And the face I made when she said Browns, I was like, huh? She's got the brown fever? She's got the – she's really got the brown fever. Uh, She just said, look, my dude told me to take the Browns. I'm I'm taking the Browns. I'm I'm looking at your face. Maybe I shouldn't take the Browns. Maybe I should go do some more research. (laughs) And another uh, woman who heard that just spontaneously burst out and said, don't take the Cleveland Browns. I I don't know if I could ever take the Cleveland Browns. They are – it, it's the Cleveland Browns. They're How the second stupidest team in football. <laughs> well, yeah, now because the Lions, who used to be, but now they're they're not. Because, because they're, uh, they refuse to biters. commit to the run. They just refuse to commit to those two running backs. Because they tried to keep Baker Mayfield uh, viable. They're trying maybe, to... hey, maybe getting forced into having to play Jack Brisket here for 11 games means that They'll commit to the run because they should throw the ball 15 times a game as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> You've got no, I'm, two, I'm, I'm with you. Not, I mean, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb are, if they're not in that first stud tier of running backs, they're both squarely in that second tier. There is no other team that has two guys in that tier, right? 
uh, yeah, that's that's a situation where you know um, Kareem Hunt really shouldn't be a second uh, running back for anybody. No. He should be somebody's number one, but he had his right. his issues. But that, but how many teams have are too deep at that position with legitimate studs? I may, maybe Green Bay. That's probably the next best after them, where they have two like legitimate starters playing running back. Right, I can't think of another team that has that their number two running back. I said, hey, he needs to be starting in the league somewhere. Right, because uh, the Cowboys have uh, the corpse of Zeke, <laughs> and, and of course Tony Pollard. They, but I don't look at Tony Pollard and say he must be starting in the league somewhere. No, no, but they tell Zeke he's still the number one, but he's clearly not. But they tell him he he hasn't been running like it for for a long time. No. Um, make so they the make him last. Happy. So the last person that got in the pool again gave me cash, had me her money today, and said, "I got to get my pick. Uh, I got to give you my pick later because I got to talk to my dude because I don't know who, I don't know anything about football." So, I, uh, this is going to be fun just watching this because there's a lot of people that don't that admit that they don't know anything about football. So she finally uh, got a hold of a coworker and told the coworker to tell me so third hand uh, that she's uh, going with the Titans as as their survivor pool. I mean, I'm, they're, they're, they were good last year. They're the number one seed, but it's so hard to trust them. I mean, if you're gonna, I mean, obviously, I don't know if there's another another game all year where I'd even consider locking up the Titans. So if they sneak this one through, sure, it, it looks smart. <laughs> but if the Giants go in there and beat them, you look like an idiot. But. Stuff that no, no Chiefs, no, uh, uh, you know, no, no Rams. But they were playing the Bills, so that would, that would be stupid to take the Rams. But I, no, I wouldn't lock no up Packers. Uh, no, I wouldn't lock uh, up not this week. But we, we both crapped on them, right? But it's one of the better teams by by you know by record last year and by history. You, you know, no right. Packers, no Chiefs, no Cowboys, no Buccaneers, all that. Uh, I, I was just stunned by that. Just how many teams that, that got picked by that I would I, I would never pick the Browns, and I would not really be looking at the Eagles, and I wouldn't trust the Titans. There's a lot of teams that I wouldn't really trust as, as a survivor pick. But I, I guess you know part, part of the strategy is like you were saying, taking those teams that you ne- not wouldn't necessarily take as a survivor, but you want to save the really great teams for later on. So I. I, the reason I can't crap on it, I'm, I'm saying it's going to be a lot of fun, but I can't crap because all these years with these with the Survivor thing that I play on ESPN, I don't ever make it past the fifth or sixth week because I keep taking the great teams and they and somebody gets upset. And yeah. then I'm sitting there like, well, damn. You know, so that, that's my strategy is, is I take the great teams and get them out of the way. And, and I know the Ravens weren't great last year, but, again, this matchup, and because of how great they are in week one, uh, historically, um, I, I, we both think it's a, it's a gift. So. Oh, wow. Well, I'll tell you what about my, uh, my, my, my daily team tomorrow. If I'm not rolling in the money by three o'clock, I'm done because I've got <laughs> players except for two playing in the noon games tomorrow. Wow. So if I'm not sure. in the money by 3 PM, I, I'm not in the money. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of those where you, I'm going to need to be out 
way ahead and, and in a good position and then just hang on for dear life through those late games as Mahomes and, you know, and all those guys start playing. So, yeah, because the only two players I have playing in the 3 o'clock slate are the two receivers in that Green Bay-Minnesota game. Hmm. Uh, you got to take those risks. You got to gotta make those decisions. That's how it I works. need that. I need that. I'm just – I just need a touchdown. You know, you, you want your studs, and I just that Joe Mixon needs to go. I'm just, I'm excited. I'm really curious. I'm sure I'll be texting you tomorrow. I'm home all day. I'm gonna be on the couch watching my red zone. I'm excited for tomorrow. Well, I'm I'm here. Um, I'm here at my wife's uncle's. I don't know how close I'll be to a phone. You know, between taking care of him and getting ready to yeah. pack up and leave whenever uh, um, the relief arrives. Uh, but yeah, if I can. Uh, keep a hold of you I'll uh, I'll text back but as far as the games go I just got them already set up on the DVR and recording nice. and then you know if I got to get to them in the middle of the week then that's what I, that's, I'll do what I got to do but I will be watching the games it might not be on Sunday but I will be watching all the games and uh and next week Friday night yep that's already scheduled for Friday night you know we're in the after after show because it's got my the message about thank you your episode has ended and oh, it says caller J right. has dropped and Oh, <laughs> and I have no right. outro music, and so yeah, we're 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 finished. Let's call it a night. Good show. Yes. Ah, uh, so almost six hours of of talking in the in this week <sighs> between the well, uh, preview and yeah, back to normal. Back to normal this week. Yep, back to the uh, the two hour football party next week, reviewing week one and getting your picks for week two. Hope you enjoyed Perfect. all of that. Football content that you just got. Uh, for it was a lot over of re- overreaction theater starts next oh, week. Always. What's wrong with so and so? My least favorite week beyond week <laughs> what would now be eighteen is week two. Uh, we we know what's coming, so nothing to do but just gird up and get ready for it. All right, everybody, enjoy the return of football. The whole enchilada tomorrow. Uh, or whenever you're listening to this podcast. He is Jay. I am Dre. This has been in much less detail the podcast. Thank you all for listening and come back next week, next Friday, 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central for our football party, looking back at week one and getting ready for week two. And we will talk to you then. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.